Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian Seed, and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the RPG Show. Uh, I'm your host Dick, and today I'm joined by two awesome guys, uh, Kujo and uh, Gorpka, I guess. <laughs> Pronunciation. Uh, how y'all doing? I'm good. How you been? Doing well. Uh, I'm a little sick, but you know, doing all right otherwise. Uh. I don't know. Should I just call you all by like your actual names or what? Like the whatever is more. Yeah, just do my actual name. It's fine at this. Point. Yeah, mine's way easier. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, Kujo is Kevin. If you're new here, and uh, our guest host today is uh, Kyle or Gorp. Yeah. Whatever. If you're on the you thirty. Gorm KT thirty. That's what I okay. say. Yeah. Okay. Gorm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, if you're on the Discord and want to know Kyle, is he's. Gorm KT thirty. So you put should put like a period in there or something. Yeah, probably. It's just extra yeah. typing I don't want to do. No, no, I get it. Does it does it represent anything particular or is it just something you've had been using for a long time? No, just like a random old college email from when I was in college years ago. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, today's game is going to be uh, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Uh, this was not a planned pick, really. Uh, it was something to do while we were waiting for uh, Kevin's game, Trails from Zero, to come out. Uh, but I think it's uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to talk about this game for many, many years now, and uh, glad we finally are able to do that. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, do a little catch up. Uh, so, what have you been up to since last time we were doing the show? Was that like a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, it's only been a couple weeks. I I've basically just been playing this Mario RPG. Uh, I don't think. Oh, I played a little Pokemon, I guess, but uh, Pokemon Sword. Just kind of like every once in a while, I'll get the itch. Um, I'll do that. Oh, and I did played uh, Doctor Who: The Edge of Reality. It's kind of like a walking sim with a little bit of a story plastered on it nothing too exciting but uh but yeah i just been really uh just playing this and i thought uh we see i thought we were gonna have a little bit more t- i don't know i thought this game might take a little bit longer than it did um but that's because we still have what two more weeks <laughs> until uh uh 
Trails comes out, so we'll probably maybe sneak another sh even shorter game in, in here in the meantime. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. What about you? Uh, just pretty much the same thing and playing this. Uh, I did get finally got uh, SD Gundam Battle Alliance in the mail, so I've been playing that too, and that's been pretty fun. Isn't there like a million Gundam games? Uh, there are a lot, yes. So what uh, is it like? Is it kind of like Armored Core, or how's the gameplay like work on that? It's like a. Have you played a, a Dynasty Warriors game before? Nope. Okay. Uh, it's essentially a hack and slash, except okay. it's not as... Uh, there aren't as many enemies on the screen, and you have to be a little more, uh, I guess, tactical with your movements, because you can get your ass kicked pretty quick. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I think it's pretty fun. Uh, but have you been up to anything fun, Kyle, besides Super Mario RPG? Well, yeah, since the last time I was on, beat both the Earthbounds on the Switch, Super Mario RPG, tried jumps for a while, we'll talk about that down the road, I suppose. Um, I just picked up the third uh, Voice of Cards game, it's, wait till they're on sale, still, at this point. Fun game, good story, just not worth 29 bucks. James, I've been meaning to check those out. Yeah, they're they're really fun. It's just not worth thirty dollars pop. Is it because it's short or just kind of repetitive gameplay? Oh, both. Um, yeah. If you're not exploring every possible square, it's like a ten-hour game, maybe. Gotcha. Damn. They're fun. Yeah, like their art's great, story's great, music great. Just it's worth probably fifteen bucks. I figured they can't be that long if they keep pumping them out. Like every four months, they put a new one out or something like that. I feel like. Exactly. Oh damn! Well, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll go into the show now. Then, um, if you're new here, uh, what we do is we typically start talking about the game, um, and we'll do a breakdown of gameplay, story, visuals, music slash voice acting, overall experience, replayability slash extra content. And in those categories, uh, we rate it on a scale from 1 to 5. Uh, we do our uh, likes and dislikes. Um, and we do allow half scores on the rating because I fucked it up a long time ago. So, um, and, we will allow, Mario. and we will allow 0.5 now since I'm the host. So we'll do that. Yeah. If you want to do I don't know that we'll ever really use it, but it's it's there. Or, what about 0? Zero? 0, okay. Go ahead do 0. <laughs> Dude, you want, man. <laughs> if we truly play a game that's worth that has a zero rating, uh, then yeah. The only thing I, I feel like that would be challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you would you consider Pure Solar <laughs> zero story? No, because they they at least made an attempt. Okay. Like it's not good. It's not riveting. It's not. It has nothing. Of value to like extract from it or at all, it's not even enjoyable to like read. But they <laughs> they tried something like you gotta. I gotta give them at least a half point for attempting. If it if it was like there's no story at all in an RPG, like that's pretty outlandish. So that would be a zero. But 
to me, if somebody makes an earnest attempt at something, it may be misguided, but it's still not like completely dismissible. You'd have to try to get a zero, basically. You like you have to do it on purpose. I would say so. Okay. But point five. But hey, point five is like you well, really failed on everything. Uh, nothing works, and it's boring. <laughs> exactly. That's that's hard too. Yeah. All right. I don't know. We were giving people ones, so that's pretty close to point five. Yeah, there's some ones. Uh, I'm looking at you, uh, Quest sixty four. You know, I. I probably would give Quest sixty four zero, if I nah point five. Wow, I hate Quest sixty four. God, I loved that game as a kid. It's terrible. Yeah, I hated it as a kid, so I pretty much knew I was gonna hate playing again. But... I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Yeah, uh, I jumped in front of that bullet. Really, I probably would have had to play if I didn't accept. Well, I was moving, so we would have just had to not have an episode for a month or whatever. Yeah. Not a big deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Damn. I feel like somebody else should be talking. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, if you're not familiar with the game, it's pretty much like Baby's first uh, RPG. And it was uh, released in Japan on March 9th, 1996, and in North America on uh, May 13th, 1996. So they didn't take too long, too long uh, translating it or whatever they had to do. Uh, and I actually uh, was referring to like the differences between the Japanese and the English version uh, with Kyle before the show. And it looks like they actually changed a couple of things. Uh, like with the graphics in the game to make it uh, reflect the Super Nintendo controller as opposed to the Super Famicom controller, which ha still has the colored buttons on it. Uh, so I, mean, I can't imagine that took very long at all because uh, it's only like three things I think maybe that were changed. But it's still pretty interesting to see that they actually did that. Um... Yeah, I was. I think I said it in the chat, but uh, it's really like if you have a kid or something that's like starting to get interested in RPGs, this is like the perfect, you know, because I probably played Mario, so it's like the perfect bridge to like get them uh, going on it, you know, because it's not too deep and it's not too hard, um, and it's fun. It keeps you engaged the whole time. Exactly. Everybody who I'm introducing to RPGs just like pop this in, play for. 16 hours see if you want to do more or not yeah good litmus test i guess <clears throat> it's uh it's definitely not crushingly difficult either like a lot of things can be <laughs> like if you get uh like there's status effects here but they don't really do anything like the worst thing is instant death and you can kind of work around that like it's not that bad yeah, the only time yeah, I, the only time I ever wiped is uh I was fighting that uh Final Fantasy character and he uh instant deathed Peach before I had a uh, something on her that would cuz I had like the magic half like the thing that have the the flower points on her. Oh and, yeah. And oh, 
And I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I, it should be, it shouldn't be too hard. And then he instant death her like right away. I'm like, fuck. All right, I guess I'm gonna start this over again because there's no way you went without her healing you. So, <clears throat> anyways, uh, but there's plenty of the uh, like side content in this game, content in this game, and we'll get to that soon. Uh, but I guess I'll go over like brief what this is or whatever. Um, it's a uh, it was directed by uh, Chihiro Fujioka and Yoshihiko Baikawa and produced by Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto and uh, scored by Yoko Shimomura. And uh, I'm not really familiar with the directors, so I'm not sure what they've also done. Uh, oh, okay, so it looks like Chihiro Fujioka also did Earthbound. Okay. Uh, he's a composer for Earthbound, and then did a bunch of uh, other stuff, like wrote for Mystic Quest, um, did all of the Mario and Luigi games. Cool. Yeah, and is also produced by Square. Did you say that already? Uh, no. It was developed by Square and published by Nintendo. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, don't really know what kind of like elevator pitch there was. From somebody from Squaresoft, or I guess, yeah, Squaresoft at the time, uh, to get the license for Super Mario, but it turned out great. So, yeah. yeah I think basically the idea is they just wanted to, they saw that um, they wanted to bring RPGs to the western shores of the US, so they figured Mario was the best way to do so. Um, and that's how they got it to sign up because I think it came really after Final Fantasy three did pretty well in the US. Okay. That would make sense. Um and I believe Chrono Trigger came out about a year before it as well. Yeah, this is like the prime like in my in my youth, like I had like five or six like awesome RPGs in like a two or three year span. And then it was like like the place that like after Super Nintendo it was like a huge drought. I remember there was like nothing for a long time until like Final Fantasy VII came out, really. Because I remember when PlayStation came out, came out there wasn't really much RPGs to play on it. Like I remember, I have Beyond the Beyond, and I thought like that was like, you know, when you're starving, someone gives you a cracker type thing, where it's like the best thing ever. But it was just like the only thing they had. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, they they definitely uh, spoiled us. Like at least in my my generation, like that that time period, like we had a lot of good stuff come out on the Super Nintendo. I was seven when this game came out, so that means I would have been like five when those other games came out. And I never really got around to any of this stuff until I was a little older. Yeah, I was. So. I was like, was it? You said ninety six. Yeah. So I was in sixth grade, so I was like prime, like perfect timing for this game. Like I had, what really got me into uh, RPGs was Final Fantasy VI, uh, and you know then it was just like game on from there. So there's a lot of good ones that kind of kept me going. So it was like a good good time to get started on RPGs back then. Yeah, I think I was about fourth grade, so this was like right up my alley. Um, this Earthbound Mystic Quest were the three for me. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how I got it or where I got it from, but I pretty much only played Breath of Fire and this and Illusion of Gaia. 
for a long time. Like I didn't get to play Chrono Trigger until it came out on the PS One in that collection. Yeah, because uh, I think that was a little bit too like uh, I just missed it, you know. I didn't, and there wasn't like internet, and no one like I didn't knew played it, so I had no idea about Chrono Trigger till later. Yeah, it was never available at my Blockbuster. Yeah, that's probably part of it too. It wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. I don't ever remember seeing Chrono Trigger being able to rent, but definitely uh, Final Fantasy VI and uh, this uh, Super Mario RPG was there. So <clears throat> I definitely rented Earthbound from Blockbuster and played it for like an hour. Then played it again. So well, we'll get we'll get to it one day. <laughs> um, what the hell was I gonna say? Uh, do oh, uh, if you want to get access to Super Mario RPG, uh, if you want to do it legally, it, I get the most recent uh, edition, I guess, version of the game is on the Super NES Classic, but I, I don't know if you could still buy it on the Wii U Virtual Console. Uh, I mean, I guess you can use gift cards until it shuts down in a couple months. However that works. Or you could just uh, find a ROM for it. Yeah. I definitely uh, got it on the Wii U. When uh, the Wii U came, like, when I had the... It's still, like, downloaded on my Wii U, so that's how I played it. So it, was, uh, it wasn't too bad, because I got to use a HDMI cable to hook it up to my TV. So... Yeah, I had original hardware for this one. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. And you played it on computer, right? Nick? Yeah, I have it. Uh, I have original hardware, but it's in the closet somewhere, and I don't feel like using all that shit. Yeah, I don't blame. I don't you. think I have a, a TV capable of using um, coaxial or whatever the fuck. Well, they have anyway. adapters for those now. I think you can just like that will hook up to HDMI cable. That's what I did for my PlayStation yeah. too. I have. Uh... Uh, I haven't bought one of those yet though. I have an old 720 HDMI that has component, and that's how I did it. Oh, nice. Yeah. 720, nice. Mm -hmm. 80 inch. Wouldn't recommend it 80? for playing this game. <laughs> oh, man. No wonder... Yeah. <laughs> Does that make the jumps harder or easier? Strangely, a little easier, but very grainy. Yeah. Okay. Alright, you want to get in the gameplay then, Nick? Or you got anything else to add? As well. No, I think that's about it. Okay. Uh, um, you want to talk about it? That's fine. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I figured I would go ahead and get started since you're kind of feeling under the weather. Uh, battle system. Um, well, like we, we've been doing, we're going to we kind of break it down to battle system. Uh, character growth, mini games, traversal, shops. Uh, and what's unique um, battle systems like we're saying it's pretty basic it's just your turn base uh, RPG um, you can attack use items uh, you can run or defend and use your special and those are all kind of mapped out by the buttons on the controller uh, so uh, your specials are like your magic um, and they use flower points and the flower points are like a group flower point so you don't have individual magic or mana or whatever you want to call it um it's a group share and 
So it's good and it's bad where, you know, if, if you have everyone use magic, you'll run out real quick. Um, so, but the good thing is anybody can replenish the magic. So uh, you don't have to waste a turn if you have like someone that's your nuker. You can have Peach just, uh, you know, refresh your magic if you need to. So, um, it's, I think it's pretty balanced that way too. It's just, you, you, you max out at flower points at 99. Um, I think I had like 97, 98. I didn't try to like cheese that cause I didn't really felt, feel like I needed to. Did you guys get 99? No, I had about 94, 96. Yeah. Yeah, it's about the Not, same. However many you just get by playing the game, you just really... Play. I had a really bad booster hill in mine, though. I only had five points there. Yeah. I did all the side quests, but yeah, I think I left some on booster hill and some other places where... I think there's, like, uh, rare drops you can get, too, if I'm not wrong on that, but... uh yeah, I didn't feel like it's not necessary in this game. Like it's just a lot of overkill. Like there's a lot of ways to break this game, so he's kind of choose. What, I just chose what was easiest, <clears throat> which we can we'll get into that a little bit. Um, what else is there? Uh, so attacking is a little. It's a it's time based attacking. So when you attack, uh, if you hit the attack button again at a certain animation point, you'll get a boost in your attack, and they do a extra animation as well. So that way you know that you have accomplished it. The only one I don't think does is uh, Gino. Like I think you just hit it right before he shoots, and you just you hear a little like a sound, right? I don't think his animations change. But everyone else, like Koop, uh, Koopa, and uh, depending on his weapon or Mario and um, Mallow and Peach, they all have a different animation, like an extra animation when you hit the button. Um, and everyone has a unique weapon, so when you equip a weapon, uh, it looks unique on the screen. Um, Mario, well, we don't have to go through all the different weapons, but, uh, yeah, they're all, there's like three, everyone has about three or four different ones that, uh, look unique, and then I think they double up again. Uh, let's see. I think Mario has like nothing but unique looking weapons. Like they have a similar style, but they have uh, there's always like a change to them. Like he gets like two or three sets of punching gloves, but like one's like huge, the comically huge. Oh yeah. And uh, like the the hammer he gets near the end, the ultra hammer has like three uh, attacks versus the other hammers with Germany had two. Like he like pound pound, but with this new one he like pound pound and then like side swipe slashed like hits with that thing like baseball bat or something yeah there's a couple mario weapons i didn't get because i got that lazy shell so i forgot i hate the lazy shell because it's random i never use that thing it's random yeah you have it's, it's rng you have either uh 50 attack power or 130 and it rolls a number between there and you get that number well i did not know that that's saying that makes sense, and it doesn't always hit all the time, so there must be some kind of, uh, it's not 100% accurate. So, I know I missed a few times, so I was, but, uh, it does really break the game, too, though, when you do hit with it, so. More, t more often than not, I had a high attack on it, so I didn't, it didn't really, I didn't really notice enough to make it a negative to me. Um, anything yeah, that else? makes sense. 
on like battles anything else you want to add uh in addition to timed hits there's also timed defenses okay. and the enemy attacks at a certain time <clears throat> and only certain attacks yeah they have to be ones that like uh, when you take damage you get like stars shooting at you uh you can also time your block to either uh i don't know if it's like having or quartering or whatever but you can reduce the damage a decent amount, and sometimes if you get it perfect enough, you can do uh, completely negate the attack at all. And that also applies for attacking. For some reason, if you do the time to hit on a certain frame, I don't know which it is, you'll do like double damage. Otherwise, you'll just do like an extra quarter. It feels like because sometimes I do my Mario at the end of the game would do like three hundred and fifty damage, and then the next time I attack, you only do like two hundred eighty. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So I don't know if that's a timed hit thing, like the timing's off, or if it's not consistent damage, can't really say. Hmm. That was not using the lazy shell, so I know it's not random the damage integers, but it happened with the other characters as well. Yeah, I think it's more based on the closer you get to the perfect frame of doing it, kind of the same as the super jumps go. Yeah, so everyone has unique, uh, I guess you can call it magic with their specials. That's what they call him in the game. Um, Mario has, you know, kind of like his eight-bit uh, self. He has fire, you know, magic or firepower. He has jumps. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. That's it, because he's got like jump, yeah. super jump, ultra jump. Okay. And then fire orb, super orb, and uh, ultra orb or whatever. Yeah, and so yeah, so it's like you hit you. One's like weak, and then one's more powerful, and then the last one is like it hits multiple enemies. So, and to get the timing on that one's really, really hard. So, I always never use that one. I just use super jump. Um, but yeah, once I got towards the end, I didn't even use like specials anymore because I just one shotted most most monsters at that point. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, so. Each uh, character has like unique spells or attacks, um, and you can also just like regular attacking, you can increase some of them. I don't know if it's all of them. Like Mario, you can do the, you can keep jumping, uh, and Kyle, like, you can uh, test this. Uh, you can get up to a hundred jumps, um, and if you do, you get like a you know a broken like piece of armor that may, basically makes you unstoppable. Um, if you get 30, you get like a attack accessory, which really helps too. Um, but uh, Kyle, you want to go uh, give a little, a little bit more information on the jumps? Yeah, so super jump fun time. Um, I thought, you know, why not? I'll try for the 100 jumps. Never got it. Maybe 40 or something um, in my career of playing this game for 25 years almost. Um, after about an hour every two days for four weeks, I got to 98. Um, went from 63 to 78 to 88 to 92 to 98. Didn't get any farther, unfortunately. It is uh, quite a time. Um, probably the most difficult thing to do in the game. You only get three frames or 120th of a second to do it perfectly after jump 13 all the way through. Wouldn't suggest it. 
honestly, skip it. It's not worth it at the end of the day. Um, if you can do it, great. Um, my problem might have just been the original equipment. Maybe my controller is a little wonky after 20 years of ownership. Maybe switching between a component uh, TV to an HDMI TV lagged it, but it's it's wildly difficult. Um, Speedrunners apparently can do it on command. Good for them. I will not speedrun this game ever. That's what I got on it. No. <laughs> um, but fun times. Um, I do like the the extra attacks. Um, the other characters have different ones. You have to hold Y or move the um, controller in a circle, something like that, to get them to go. But um, but definitely a fun time with the battle system overall. Yeah, it's a really fun battle system. Uh... And it definitely had to be because uh, the story um, is not as strong as you get towards the end of the game. So I think the gameplay helps uh, move the game along. Um, and it's fun and keeps you engaged. And yeah, I liked it. Um, uh, anything else gameplay uh, battle-wise, Nick? You got anything else? Yeah. Okay. I just want to mention that uh, randomly when you use an item in battle, uh, you can have a freebie, which oh, is pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also a bunch of different item types. Um, you have your normal healing items, you've got a attack item, then you have like utility items, I guess. Uh, so there's a good mix of stuff. The only thing I strongly dislike is the um, inventory cap, which is capped to like 30 items or something like that, maybe. Yeah, it's too big. Maybe being a little too generous. It's uh, it's not very many. Yeah, and like a lot of the stuff you don't want, like the really good things you want to save toward the end of the game, and there's like nowhere to like store it. So really, you have like four or five free free slots. So it's it's annoying. It definitely does get a little aggravating near the end when enemies start dropping shit, and then you're like, where where are these items the whole other rest of the game? Like, I don't need able drinks right now. Nobody's taking fucking status effects. <laughs> Yeah, and status effects, like, uh, we, I guess we had to mention that, that they go away after a battle anyway, so, and even if you die in battle, you still got your uh, EXP, um, but the one that... So you die in the overworld as well, uh, or, or if, yeah, if you, uh, if you die in a battle, but you just go to the last save point, and you keep everything up, all the EXP is up, up to that point, which I never knew as a kid, because why would you ever do that, but it does allow you to... Break farm down. certain parts of the game uh, where you have a star in the chest readily available. So real quick, I want to go back to the freebies for a second. Do you guys think when you're doing the freebies, if you do a timed hit on the X when the item hits, that you get a freebie more often? Yes or no? No, because I did research on that. Did you? Okay, I always yes. thought it did. No, so I... speedrunners have found out that if you save and then uh, like do a save state or whatever, and then uh, do an action uh, or use an item and you get a freebie, you reload that save state, and every single time you do that, you get a freebie, uh, no matter what you're doing. You don't have to press uh, inputs on the um, controller. You don't have to press anything. Uh, but as soon as you change the action, it changes the RNG number that you get for using the item again or whatever, and uh, next time you use the same item, you may you may or may not get a freebie because it's re-rolled to the the whatever it's, it's looking up for for the number i wonder and evidently each number ha each item has its own like difficulty level i guess uh so let's say like one through 100 uh like a mushroom might have like a 12 so if you roll 
if the computer rolls a number higher than 12 in the background, you get a freebie off of that. But like a Caro Caro soda will have like a 90 or something. So you have to roll a 90 plus to get the freebie. Alrighty, good to know. Well, what I noticed is that I hardly ever used items, and then every time I would use item, I would get a freebie on the item. So it might be like how often you don't use the item, like if you don't use the item and how many battles, I bet you your number, your roll go like gets lower, be my assumption. So it's easier to get a freebie if you don't use items that often. Because I swear, like I hardly ever used them, and then when I did, like when I fought like some bosses, and I would use, you know. Something to, to uh, get my flowers up again, or um, a raise, or something like that. I would always get a freebie every time. I think that's uh, what do they call that uh, when you experience something positive, and then you just reinforce that. Like there's a there's a term for it because I got uh, the opposite thing. I got one freebie on a pick me up the entire game. I didn't get any other freebies. No shit. Yeah, I got them all the so time. Like okay. <laughs> Like, even on, like, like uh, the uh, Caraco, like, soda or whatever it's called, and, yeah, I just, I, whatever, what's the one that gives you all your uh, hit points and match points, or flower points back? All the flower points? You mean, like, Caro, both of Cola, I think. Yeah. yeah, I used, like, I never used one, and I used one, and I got a freebie. I was like, what? Okay, cool. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know, there's gotta be something to it. Some kind of secret that no one's figured out yet, or someone has figured out. We just don't know. It's definitely possible, but maybe we'll know one day. There's definitely a lot of people doing research on this game still. So. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is there's a separate item storage and weapon storage, so that does give you a little bit more space than you would, but still, just not a lot. Hmm. It'd be nice if they overlapped because then I could use more of the inventory space that I wasn't using for equipment. Yeah. For uh, items. And it's one of those games where it's like they don't tell you you should sell everything, but you definitely should sell everything because you don't ever use it again. Like, you know, if you play RG RPGs enough, you learn that some games you that original sword you have, you save it, and then you can upgrade it like at the end of the game to have the best weapon. But they don't tell you that till the end of the game. So if you sold it, you're fucked. So ever since you had like when that once that once it uh, you get that PTSD from that happening to you, you never sell your items unless you like research it. So this one, it's okay. The only things they don't sell in this game are the like one-off items, like the starting gear for Princess Peach and. Uh... Like the rare, like the items you just randomly get, uh, like the ribbit stick or whatever the fuck it is that uh, Mallow gets from Frog Fuchsius. Yeah. And that's only because you can't ever buy it again. Right. And it's not like important for inventory space at that point anymore. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I think that's it for gameplay. Oh, I guess because, I mean, if you want to talk about the what the different status effects do. They don't really do anything. <laughs> well, like, so like Scarecrow makes it so you can't physically uh, attack. Mute makes it so you can't use magic. Uh, Mushroom, you don't, you don't do anything. You just sit there and heal. Uh, you got your poison. You got your instant death. Weep. I don't know if that's it. 
What's the one where you're all shit? Fear? You have, there is fear. You do um, half damage. Yeah, that's oh, that's right. Yeah. And it can also be put to sleep. Yep. And I think of Peach's heal attack or whatever cheer up, I think it cures all that stuff. If I'm not wrong. Fuck yeah. Uh, well, both of her um, healing abilities cure all the stat effects. Okay. Except for death. Right. He's come back for that. So yeah, Peach is really good to have, especially if you get her frying pan. She's pretty much makes Koopa. Uh, she's probably the strongest Koopa, I think, once you get her frying pan or close enough. Plus, she has healing. So once you get to figure, once you get to that point, I stop using Koopa. Um, I guess we can go into who we uh, who her who her party was. Uh, normally, I'd had I would just roll with Mario, Gina, Gino, and Princess. Um, I kind of had Koopa for a little bit longer than I did originally because I overleveled and I didn't really need any healing for a while. But towards the end of the game, I swapped Peach out for Koopa. No Mallow. Yeah. Uh, I think there's only one party to use, and that's Mario, Gino, Toadstool. Yeah. End game, yeah. I used uh, Mario, Gino, Bowser up until the Axum Rangers. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, though, as soon as you get all the best equipment, you can use whatever the fuck you want. Because it doesn't matter. Because uh, at the end of the game, I was taking zero damage from everybody, pretty much. And so I didn't really need Toadstool, but I just had her because uh, it's at this point, it's what I do every time. Yeah. So... I don't really. I don't like uh, Bowser as a character. I uh, I only pumped his strength this time, so uh, I guess he might have been stronger than normal, but I still don't find the appeal in him at all. Because worst case scenario, uh, if something happens, all he can do is use items, and it's like, eh, he, he uses items and attacks, and like that's not really interesting to me. Yeah, his character. I think I used him more as a kid, but like uh, I don't have time for him right now. Or Mallow, because they both suck ass. Yeah, his uh, his specials are really bad. The guy that was I was reading wanted me to use Mallow a lot. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. No, no, <laughs> fuck Mallow. So. Yeah, I was reading a guy. And they're like, oh, you want to use Bowser this in this fight, and then you want to use Mallow in this fight because his Snowy does more damage. And I'm like, who does this matter? It doesn't matter. At all. Bowser's only good special attack, I think, is Terrorize, which can induce fear if you get the um, rotation on the controller correct. But otherwise, he's pretty much the worst character by the end of the game. I'd say Malo's honestly even better than he is by the time the factory rolls around. But no one would use him because they hate him, so it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> exactly. Like, you really create a character that causes it to rain when he cries and I'm just like no I'm good okay uh anything else I think that covers gameplay yeah. okay uh character growth um pretty basic you level up with experience points um max level you can get to is 30 and I think that's 9,999 experience points or something like that uh, to max out. Uh, what 
max fire points, like I said, is 99. So you you can't really super break the game, but you're pretty much cruising through to the end anyways. Like, you might have a little bit of trouble. I think it was, like, 28 when I... Level 28 when I fought that... What's the Final Fantasy character's name? Gulex. Gulex. Gulex? Galex? What? Yeah. C-U-L-E-X. Gulex. I think he's a Final Fantasy 4 character, right? If if I'm not mistaken. um, Is he? I thought he was just made up for this game. I thought he was... Yeah, I think... I think they have music from, like, Final Fantasy 4 or a remix from it. Oh, he's original? I thought it was from Final Fantasy 4. He can... Excuse me. According to this wiki article, he can be considered a crossover character from the Final Fantasy series, although he has never appeared in a Final Fantasy game. Ah, okay. Cool. He is a Dark Knight, apparently. Or whatever whatever that means. Gotcha. Okay. Um... Anything else you want to say about character growth? You can get, like, uh... Is there any kind of stat-ups you can get? No, you can choose between each level, um, either physical, HP, or magic attack, um, a specific bonus, and they do... Each level has one that's better than the other ones, pretty much, by far. Like, 6 HP, 3 magic, or 3 physical. Yeah. But basically, I just took Mario up a attack every time because he doesn't really need hit points, and I never use much of his magic attacks. It doesn't make a whole lot of difference at the end of the day, but I guess if you're gonna like speed run the game, you should just follow the path of um, I think it's physical, health, and magic, and then repeat throughout all thirty levels. I would say you wouldn't even need to do health because you don't really need that. You could probably just boost more of your health, yeah. attack and magic at that point if you're going to do it that way. <clears throat> True. Well, I would say that uh, you would do everything uh, equally up to level 20, and then you just like pick the stat you want to boost for the rest of the time. Because I think your uh, your gains diminish greatly after level 20. But like that, not like it matters because you have to really grind to get that high anyway. Anything else in character growth is pretty basic. No. Mini games. So there's a definitely a lot of mini games. Um, I think that definitely helps too with part of the the lack of story in this game. Um, but a lot of these mini games are. Uh, not that great either um i think the um, i don't know what the what would you say the the one you had the most fun with maybe figuring when i was a kid i think it was figuring out the notes but i just totally looked it up at this uh for this this run through trying to figure out uh how to get the the notes at the toad pool pond um melody bay what about you guys Um, my favorite 
probably as a kid and even through now is the whack-a-mole on the four pipes on the way to Yoster Isle. Like, it's not a great minigame or even a deep one or a very prevalent one, but I just, like, have a good time playing that one personally. I, see, I don't... I, th I didn't like that one because I don't like the way the jumping is in this game. And so I was I would get frustrated because you have to time it just right or get right back to the right spot to jump back to the to the thing. So I did not have oh. as much fun on that one. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a little tip for me. Uh, because playing on a keyboard is fucking atrocious. Uh, just stand on one pipe and jump on the same pipe. That's Don't good. even try same pipe between yeah. the other three pipes. Just stay on one pipe. That way, you're not fighting the jumping. You just you see what's coming up and you jump. If you, if it has spikes, don't jump. And I got I got um I broke my record three times or whatever to get the, all the frog coins because I wasted my life like that. Uh, and it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I had more luck with the uh, when you jump up the wall to get frog coins because you get five if you get in like ten seconds or something. Once I got that path down, uh, I just got all the frog coins I needed to get the last couple uh, accessories I wanted. Um, well, for me, my favorite mini game is probably uh, the Midas um, waterfall thing. Only because uh, it add, like it's kind of one of the first mini games, and yeah, that one's it fun. spices up the gameplay enough that uh, it it kind of for me um, like starts off strong. You're like, okay, all the mini games are going to be this involved. That's going to be great, uh, and then it's like the most involved mini game, and the rest of them are kind of like uh, stop them all or uh, look different directions or. Uh, tap, yeah. Well, I tap the button to the to the rhythm, like the Yoshi races or whatever. Yeah, the uh, that waterfall one is really fun at first, um, but also I I got really frustrated at the stupid barrel jump parts because I always jumped at the wrong time. <laughs> so, yeah, I saved stated the fuck out of that. So there's like a map. Of one of these That's why I liked it more. There's a map in one of these walkthroughs, but it's like not really a, like a picture map. It's like someone drew it. And I'm like, I can't follow this very well. So fuck this. I don't care. I don't care about frog coins. I figured I looked up and I was like, oh, there's a e there's an easier uh, frog coin uh, game break later on. So I'll do that one. So. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, Melody Bay. So there's three different songs you can do at three different times of the game, and uh, what you get is like a, a card to the bar at the top tadpole pond, and you can buy um, mega elixirs or whatever they're called, right? Uh, yeah, the character sodas eventually stuff. The what? You also get a discount with the better uh, card you get. Yeah. Um. You can also buy the kids Game Boy and play a Game Boy game where you're just basically shooting it's kinda of just shooting like shapes and stuff. Uh, like you said the goob on thumping game. Mushroom Derby, which is where you gotta race with Yoshi and you gotta time the beats. But 
I sucked at that, and then I looked up a YouTube video, and it's, 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 it tells you to do AB, but it's AABB. And if you get AABB, it's easier. So Also, you're supposed to do it off the beat, and it was translated incorrectly. Oh, I didn't think about that. That would help yeah. a lot. Yep. So, yeah, definitely, once you get AABB, like... You can get a pretty much like a little jump, and if you get three quarters of the way, or not three quarters, but a quarter of the way on the uh, on the course, then you just do three mushrooms, and then you win. So it was pretty easy. I remember when I was a kid, I had the hardest time with that. I was, I tried for hours <laughs> to win that stupid Yoshi race, and after that, I just yeah, it's not really worth it because I think you get like basically like a Yoshi sh summon for uh, for that, right? Yeah, cookie that lets you summon Yoshi to eat enemies that'll give you an item, I think. Yeah. You can get an item, but if you can't eat the enemy, you get a lucky egg or something. So you can double your experience for coins after the battle, but uh, let me double check that. Oh yeah, and you, you max out 999 coins, which you do pretty early in the game. I mean, you still gotta buy stuff, but Point. like money is definitely not an issue in this game especially if you're uh, jumping or I think uh, depending on how badly you beat uh, an enemy you get one or ten coins so like a small coins one and the big coins ten usually but yeah there's never you never really need more money in this game at all so yeah that's what we're saying it's kind of a uh, Definitely a starter RPG. Uh, Moleville Mountain, there's a uh, basically a kart racing game. I definitely only played it once because like the controls on that are terrible. <laughs> like you to turn and everything. I don't know if it was different for you on uh, the computer, Nick, since you had like actual direction arrows, maybe. But uh, it sucked. No, that fucking video game sucks. <laughs> okay. And I don't, I don't. Maybe you win some good stuff. I don't. I didn't even play it. Did you? Do you win anything good for that? Uh, no. I think you just get coins. Okay. Like if you just yeah, if you beat your, uh, if you pay thirty coins, you can win fifty coins if you beat your best time on the track. But if you only pay ten coins, you don't get anything. So a waste of time. Got it. It's very involved. It's like three minutes or three or four minutes long the first time you do it, and there's like shortcuts you can take and all this other stuff. But there's a point where you're like, you have to snake, and I just kept falling off the track. I'm like, nope, fuck this, not not doing this again. If I don't have to do this again, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> um, I thought that Booster Hill mini game was pretty fun, where Booster's running up the hill carrying Peach on his back. And you have to jump on barrels or jump on they're like shy guys uh, to like run up faster and if you touch peach you get uh, a flower which helps your flower points the bad part is you only get to do it once like if you go back there unless I m m miss something but if you go back there again and you just like toads like hey there's only barrels on this hill so you're pretty much wasting your time and if you're Mario you can be like yeah fuck it and you just run up the hill <laughs> And they're, they're, when you get to um, Seaside Town, you can talk to a guy and he'll let you do races there where you catch beetles, and then you can trade those beetles in. Oh, I definitely missed the beetle one. 
You only get uh, coins from it, so... Yeah, like for a coin. And then uh, it lands in. There's a sky bridge where if you jump across it three times, you get some frog coins. But that thing, like, I hate the platforming, so I was always falling down, so I just gave up on that. Um, or, because, like, the, the way you have to beat it, you have to beat it on, like, the hard version. There's, like, uh, what are those bomb guys called? I don't remember what they're called in Mario, but those... Bullet Bill. Bullet Bill is coming at you. Um, so I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, but then there's a cliff, which is, uh, I think it's a lot easier. At least for me it was. Because uh, you can, like, jump against the wall, so you know, like, you have a definite place where you're jumping to. Uh, so you're not, like, going too far one direction or the other. Like, you just know if you jump against the wall, you're going that direction and over. Um, so you can get... If you beat it in, like, under 11 seconds, you get 5 frog coins. So 10.99 or whatever, you can get 5 frog coins. So I just did that. I got pretty decent at that. I think if you get... 11 and a half seconds to get one frog coin, so that's a good way to... For me, it was the easiest way to do it. Um, there's three musty fears where they hide flags, which that's a one-time thing, and you get an accessory. Um, there's a sealed door that you kind of have to figure out. This is where this Final Fantasy character is. Uh, that you have to figure out how to unseal the door, and Mole Town, you have to, like, do a couple trades to get the item that unlocks the door. Uh, sh a shiny stone. Uh, there's a casino. If you go back to Booster Tower later, and you have to, there's like one of the bosses you fight, like Knife Guy or something like that, and he's juggling. And if you see, he's juggling with red and yellow balls. And if you see where the yellow ball goes. Uh, then you win. If you win ten times, you get a card to go to this casino. Where it's a lot of stuff you don't. It's <laughs> it's like very convoluted to get nothing. Basically, you get a star egg at the end of it if you get to the casino. And then so there's a, another mini game you got to win where uh, basically you got to guess if he's gonna look left or right, and you got to win a hundred times. Uh, I did not do that. Did you guys do that? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> okay. Good. We didn't waste our time. No one wasted our time on that. Um, we get a star egg, which does anybody know what that does? I think it acts like a rock candy. It does 100 damage to everything in battle. Oh, okay. Alright. Uh, Speaking anyway. of the items in battle, there's also like a hidden item that evolves that you can uh, get, uh, I think, through. Uh, the mole village guy, mole town, or whatever, moleville. Is the guy selling junk, and you have to give uh, Princess Peach the Beatum ring and have her use an item ten times the battle, and it turned into this lamb's lure or something. And then you use that forty-eight times, and it turns into sheep attack, which. Uh, Turns all enemies into lambs, so you don't get experience. So, pretty useless. <laughs> yeah, you do all that work for nothing. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that either. Same. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff mixed in, so that definitely keeps uh 
breaks up the you know the battles and the story a little bit so i do like i definitely enjoyed that it was always something different it wasn't like always the same mini game just like harder or whatever so definitely props to them on that uh and then traversal is just uh, on the world map it's just point to point different towns or whatever and once you pa once you beat an area you can go past it um and then just you know gameplay you're just walking on a screen basically through the through the levels you can jump um and i think this is the first 3d mario game where you can jump right before this is before mario 64 right has to be yeah i wasn't sure if this was released after n64 came out or not but um yeah it's it's the the jumping it's like you're looking at the uh, mario and then you have to like jump diagonally a lot of the times and it's just hard to tell where you're gonna land there's like one part when you're going up to the cloud uh cloud city or whatever and you're climbing up the vine and there's like a frog coin you gotta jump to and i could not get it because i couldn't figure out how to where how to jump to that vine like i could jump and get on the vine but i couldn't jump ac across from it to get the frog coin i don't know if you guys had a trouble with that one but i no i got that one so it must just be a you problem okay i suck then <laughs> my special awareness is not that great but uh it's uh, it's probably one of those ones where you have to hold down the run button and jump because you do get a little more more distance or something. I was, but I was like I couldn't like get to the right spot. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I couldn't fucking scale the stupid uh climbing mountain thing with the Koopa Troopas because I didn't feel like bothering that shit up with a uh with a keyboard so. You did that pretty fast, so you got that on me. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> uh, anything else you guys want to add on mini games? No, just a ton of them. Yeah, there's too many, almost. <laughs> well, some of them are pretty lame, but those are the ones. Well, I guess the annoying thing is like some of the ones that are like you have to really try to get to are very lame like the one that's like hey guess which direction i'm gonna look i was like are you are you fucking kidding me right now i almost was like <laughs> i will just stop playing the game and protest at that point i'm like all right no i'm just walking away on this one i don't really even care what this i was gonna try to figure out what the whole thing like what you got and if it was interesting and i was like nope i don't care anymore Okay, shops. Uh, we kind of mentioned it, uh, some of them already, but there's basically every town has a an item shop, um, that an uh, armor shop, and an inn basically. Um, sometimes they're all in one room. Um, sometimes they're separated. Sometimes there's like a unique uh, vendor where like one there's like one town where you just feed these guy this guy mushrooms. And sometimes you get unique items from it. Uh, sometimes it gives you flowers. Then, uh, like, there's the mole town guy where you get where the guy sells stuff he found in the mine, and there's like that's where you get the frying pan and some other things. I think 
I can't remember the, if there's anything else good you get from him. Um, uh, you can get a Lucky Rock, which lets you use it. You can use it ten times in battle um, before it just disappears. And each time you use it, you get a Lucky Flower, so that you can double your uh, experience points or coins. And then the other thing is you get is that uh, Mystery Egg that you get the sheep thing from. Oh yeah, that's another mini game. Like if you get a Lucky in battle. Um... So if you hit a, an an enemy, sometimes it'll something. I don't know what it is that shoots back at you, like a little mushroom or something. Um, but sometimes they'll say lucky. Sometimes they'll say hit points maxed, where it'll max out your hit points. Sometimes they'll say defense up or attack up. Um, but if you get lucky, then you could uh, double or nothing your experience points, or I think sometimes it's coins. Or am I wrong on that? That's right. Or sometimes it's coins, and if you lose, you lose all the point experience or coins. So I just never did it. It wasn't worth it because it's like it goes really fast. For my eyes, I couldn't keep up with it, so I just never did it. I used to be better at it. I know. I think you can follow it. Like I used to be better at it when I was younger, but I didn't. I was maybe right seventy-five percent of the time on this one. Gotcha. I was right 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> oh, save states. The greatest thing. Uh, anything else on shops? I mean, I guess there's like uh, the the shop that there's a, there's a couple of shops that you use your frog coins for, and uh, there's a guy that will sell you like ex experience points. Up. Uh, accessory and half flower points and something else. The double doubles coins too, and then he also has the uh, you can run away guaranteed, and then um, you restart the battle. All right. Next is uh, what is unique. Uh, so this is the first time Mario's been in an RPG. Um, there, uh, I thought as, as a kid it was a cool t twist where, uh, you get to play as Koopa. Um, I didn't see, definitely see that coming when I was in sixth grade, but, I mean, I guess you can kind of see it now when you're playing the game. I mean, obviously you, in the very beginning, uh, you fight Koopa and you win and they put that at the beginning of the game and maybe that's... Maybe you can kind of see it coming. Um, what else is it? What else do you guys think is unique on this? Um, I suppose at the time, just the way that you could uh, run into the enemies to get into your smaller combat, you know, individual combat screens, the somewhat precursor 3D platforming to Mario 64. Um, clearly they had worked on that a lot. It didn't go very well, honestly. I agree with everything you've said. It's not good platforming in any way, shape, or form, but they at least tried a little bit there. Um, and, uh, the timed hits. I mean, I can't really think of timed hits before this game, honestly. Yeah, it's definitely one of the first games that has that, and you can see all the enemies on the screen, so that's nice. Um... Yeah, we did mention that uh, when you level up, 
Um, you do get a bonus to... You get to pick your bonus. Um, not many games do that. It's just unique to have Mario in RPG is really what was like the most unique thing I thought, you know. And it definitely created a whole new genre of Mario games. So, because I went to the Paper Marios and, you know, the Mario Luigi games, there were RPGs. So there's a lot of good Mario RPGs that, because this game was a success, created those other ones. I would say it's also fair to say that uh, because of its success, it allowed for more RPGs in general to come to the West as opposed to being kept away in Japan. So that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, likes and dislikes. Uh, I kind of went over a couple of more uh, platforming. I could not stand... Um, the sections where you had to like jump uh, across the screen. There's like a couple in the uh, Bowser's castle. If you pick a certain room, you have to like do some platforming, and they just weren't fun to me. They're more annoying, and I, I just didn't want to fall. I know if you had save states, not bad, but no save states, kind of fun. Um, and then I did not like the inventory system. They need. I mean, it's a Super Nintendo game, so I understand there's limitations, so uh, you didn't really need that much inventory. It's just kind of annoying, so it wasn't terrible. Um, but, I, you know, I had fun. Like, the battle system to me was, you know, pretty smooth and polished. You know, there's no real issues with battling. Um, it was definitely a fun part of the, the Probably the best part of the game was, the to me, the battle system. Um, using Mario's different attacks, you know, Bowser's different attacks, Geno's different attacks, they're all unique, um, and they're fun and uh, get to play, so I definitely had a good time with that. Um, even the mini-games, like, you know, some were bad, but some of there's really some good ones. I had a good time with those, so I, I generally like most of the game, um, besides a couple little issues. So I'm going to give gameplay three and a half. Alright, uh, so, what about you, Kyle? Yeah, so, um, I really enjoy the gameplay, honestly. It's what keeps me going, it's what keeps me coming back to the game. Um, it feels like a Mario game, it works pretty well. The platforming, you're right, it isn't great, that's, but that's about the only thing I, I have against it. The time hits make the game interesting. There's no point in the game where you really feel like you just have to grind non-stop to make any progress, so I enjoy that. It's quick. Every dungeon is maybe five to seven screens. Like, it just moves well. So, um... So, yeah, the, the mini-games, there's a lot of them, almost too many, but they're fun. All the attacks are fun. Um, I, I don't know, I just have a really good time overall with... with the gameplay systems of Super Mario RPG. So for this one, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Awesome. Uh, for me, I kind of agree with both of you guys. Uh, the time hit stuff is fun to do. It keeps the battle system interesting. Uh, it keeps you on your toes. You have to always be paying attention. Like, even when you're getting attacked, you can block most attacks. So... Uh, that's always fun to do. 
I don't. I didn't have as much of a problem with the platforming as you guys. Uh, it's definitely better than like Landstalker or something, but uh, it's uh, it's not that bad. I don't think I've ever gotten frustrated from the platforming in this game. So, like, not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but uh, I don't think it's quite that bad. Well, I'm just not a platformer uh, either, platformer gamer, so it's just not. It's not fun for me. I mean. It's okay. I just wish it was a little bit better. Like I was, like I was saying in the chat, like if they just give you a double jump so you can kind of self-correct if you jump the wrong way, I think it would have gone a long way. But yeah, you can use the shadows to line everything up, and it's it's not horrendous, but it's not good. It's not tight in any way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I guess I just uh don't mind the isometric uh i guess nature of the platforming because to me uh, anything can be lined up with just uh usually just holding two directions diagonally uh and as long as you get yourself in the right position that's all you have to all you have to do so that's kind of how i, I tackled most of the stuff in the game here you uh, go how do you feel about the maze in the uh pirate ship then maze well, that my only problem with the maze on the pirate ship is that you can't see what you're doing. I, I looked it up this this go through because I've always gotten through it as a kid. I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do in there, but apparently there's a big hole in the middle of that section that you can't see. So that's why people get, uh, I guess, so frustrated there because you have to jump over the hole that you can't see. So uh, that sucks. I mean, it's. That's less of a platforming thing and more of a they obscured the whole fucking thing you're supposed to be doing there so you don't know. It's kind of like uh, doing Brain Lord and the screen's all black and you have fucking holes in the floor and shit. Yeah, like, terrible. Kevin knows all about that. It's like it's uh, it's one of the things like you can't really fault the platforming because the it's not the platforming's fault. It's the fault of the designer who decided you can't see what the fuck you're doing. I really don't remember that part. So I'm not... Whatever guide I was using got me through it, and I never... Well, I mean, you can skip that whole section, because if you know the password, every time you play the game, you just know it's pearls. Oh, you don't so have to do any of that shit. You have to do the maze? Okay, yeah, I definitely skipped it. So, good. Okay, great. I'm glad I didn't have to go through that. I would have been pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... That, it's uh, that's that not the best. That's good game design, though. Like, if you figure something out, you get rewarded for it. So, yeah, there we go. I mean, I guess that's an example of good and bad because you can't, like, not letting the players see what the fuck they're doing is awful. Like, who people who do that shit deserve to be, like, uh, stoned or something because what it's if terrible. There's, like, two different guys. One guy's like, haha, fuck you, gamers. I'm going to make this hard little maze. And then his boss is like, okay, that's cool. But I'm going to put this, uh, if you get the password, you don't have to do the maze. <laughs> uh,. Uh, yeah, so other than that, um, like this game's not perfect. Um, no, so great, it's it's pretty great, yeah. So I'm also gonna give the gameplay a four. Okay, uh, the only thing I forgot to mention is, uh, I mean, most guides have it now, but if you like any any level where there's a star man, I think you kind of mentioned it too, a little bit, but any level there's a star man, um, if you go through, get your levels, 
and then just die or get your guys killed off. You can start back over at the save point before you got the Starman. As long as you don't save, you can save after it uh, and be fine. And just go through it again. And you can level up uh, through each sec section. The best place, I think, is, uh, is at World's End, right? Where you get two Starman in a row. You get one, and then you go down. If you have 400 coins, you can buy another Starman uh, right before you get to Monster Town. Um, and you can get some pretty, you can pretty much break, like at that point, you're going to be at like 23 or 24 and you can just run through the rest of the game. But you can do a couple other times, like more than a couple times at anywhere else, you're kind of like wasting a lot of time because then you're really hard to kill and everyone's just taking one hit away from you. So you're just wasting a lot of time just like hidden defend or, uh, running away a lot. I tried that for the first time, and I don't say I wouldn't say it's worth it because you don't need to be level twenty to beat the game anyway. Did you guys beat it up? I was like level twenty three because I did uh, I did that grinding until I was level nineteen uh, at the area he's talking about before Monster Town, and then I just just played the game normally from that point. Yeah, I think it was twenty five when I beat it. I did totally forget about Kulik, so I didn't do that this time. Like, oh yeah, I'm at uh, point of no return now. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I was at 28 when I when I finished it, so or maybe 29. But yeah, you can be. Damn. Yeah, I want to be Kulik, but I didn't want to like struggle with him. So I just uh, grinded for an hour or so at that lands in. I got 24 or something. All right. Uh, well, I guess that wraps it up for gameplay. So we'll do our first musical break. Uh, as has become tradition, it is Brent's pick, and it will be the main theme of the game. Uh, this theme is called Happy Adventure, Delightful Adventure.
story time, everybody's favorite. Uh, this is going to be a pretty quick uh, synopsis, I guess, because there's not much to the story. Uh, there are a lot of like unique characters and interactions, but uh, as far as the overarching plot, it's pretty... It, I mean, it's like it is what it is, kind of thing. It's bare bones. Like it's, you can say it's okay. It's not, yeah. It's not sacrilegious. Yeah. It's it. I mean, they put all their time into gameplay and uh, development, I guess. But the story, I mean, I don't know if they have. I I almost want to think there's that there's some limitations that they had with what they could do with the story. Like they probably were like, you can't kill anybody off, or you can't like you know. There's not so much, There's only so much you can do with what they're going to give you. And I'm sure there's not much story to Mario anyways, if you look into it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, if you try to, like, logically think about Mario, it kind of breaks down Mario. Like, why is some random... Yeah, like, I was thinking about that this morning, or when I was done playing, I'm like, hold on. Because I was looking at the map, and it's like, Mario's house is right over the hill from Bowser's Keep. Like, if Bowser really didn't want Mario to kidnap Peach anymore, he would just destroy his fucking house, right? Like... Yeah, it's right there. Like he's looking at it all the time. You can't think about it logically. <laughs> I know. I know. Dude, there's there's a pipe in the guy's front yard that goes to Bowser's front door. <laughs> you almost think that they're doing it. Like they're they're in cahoots. They they want they like to have Mario likes to fight Bowser and Bowser likes to fight Mario and Peach is just caught in the middle. Job security on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously they. The security, the like, I, I guess the Toad security in this world is non-existent because how the fuck does Princess Peach get kidnapped all the time? Like, you'd think they'd inst, in, like, or she's she's some kind of like to uh, be captured and saved, so they're all happy. They're all it's all it's like a threesome. Possible. She, she probably even just walks up to the door, knocks on it, like his the gate to his castle, and she's like, "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> Oh, just say, just say I got kidnapped again. Save me, Mario. <laughs> yeah, it really breaks down when you start thinking about it. You can't think about it; surface level only. <laughs> or else you're gonna be like, "This is fucking dumb." <laughs> like, um, you're an Italian plumber from the real world, or like, it's like, where do you come from? Why is there there's no one else like Mario or Luigi? I mean, you got the movie version, or like, but if you even think about it, like the TV show version, it's like. You can't. It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand. <laughs> well, yeah, the three humans. You got uh, Princess Peach, Mario, and Luigi. And then you got, like, the turtle people. You got mushroom people. And in this yeah. game, you got mole people. You got Why the Yoshis. And Peach is only a person because it'd be weird if Mario was trying to get with, like, a mushroom girl. <laughs> like, everyone else that's a... Maybe that's weird to you, but to some people, they'd be all about that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, to market, like, marketability-wise, they couldn't have Mario saving a mushroom lady. It has to be actual lady. But I think it started off as a, as what Shigeru Miyamoto's whatever, uh, like, fun little game, and then somebody's like, "This needs a plot," and so that's how the whole thing happened. Yeah. So yeah, you have to like make the story based in their world, and this is the first attempt at it. And I think they did a pretty decent job of what limited, like, material they have to work with. You know, 
And I'm sure there's probably, like, limitations from Nintendo, like, you can't do this, you can't do this. I'm sure there's stuff that was cut that they really wanted to do and make it interesting. So, like, when it's more really corporate like that, it's probably really hard to have a unique story. And they want to mass market this to everyone, so you probably couldn't, like, do anything, like, too bad. You know, you don't want to upset kids, because it's going to be a game for kids. So, with all those probably limitations they had, I think they... They at least had a... They did the best job they could with what they had, I think. In my opinion. And they kept it short enough where it didn't really matter anyways. They got good gameplay. Uh, if it, if the game was any longer, it, would, it probably would start losing points for, for being boring, you know? Because like, towards the end, you're like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over. Like, okay, now I'm, I'm Smithy's Hammer or whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm after Bowser's, after Bowser's uh, Castle. You're like, I, I'm just ready to be over. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Well, let's uh, I'll I'll do a brief uh, little synopsis of what's going on, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, so, uh, the game starts out with uh, Mario rescuing Princess Toadstool, of course, because she got kidnapped again. <laughs> uh, quote unquote kidnapped. She gets she just captured before the game even starts. It's like the like yeah the pre like video you get when you turn on the game. Yeah, she's sitting in like a field or something, and uh, Bowser comes by in his little flying, happy face, white, whatever the hell that thing is called. There's a his floating little ship thing. Yeah, yeah. little hover pad. Yeah, takes <laughs> uh, her away, um, and Mario's got to go get her. Um, and uh, so Mario like fights his way through the castle a little bit. And when he gets to the throne room, uh, he fights Bowser, beats his ass, and as he's try- about to save uh, Princess Peach, this giant sword uh, falls through the sky and uh, breaks through the star road and crashes into Bowser's castle. And this sends Mario, uh, Peach, and Bowser flying in different directions, as well as scattering uh, seven pieces of the star road across the land. Uh, Mario lands in his house, conveniently enough, and meets up with Toad, who tells him that he has to rescue Princess Peach. And Mario's like, yeah, I already tried that, man. But all right. Uh, and so he goes back to Bowser's castle. Uh, but the giant sword uh, tells him to fuck off, pretty much, and destroys the bridge to the castle, uh, which prevents him prevents Mario from being able to go back inside. Yeah, they couldn't uh, build the bridge. It's too hard. <laughs> Uh, so Mario uh, tells uh, Toad what happened, and they go to the Mushroom Kingdom, where uh, he ex- tries to explain to the Chancellor that there's a giant fucking sword uh, in Bowser's castle, and uh, he's got to figure out like what to do about that. And uh, in the town, he meets this uh, quote-unquote tadpole named Mallow, uh, who has been set out to... Uh, buy something from the store here for his uh, adopted father using a frog coin. But the frog coin has been stolen uh, by a thief named Croco, who I guess is like a crocodile or something. And uh, not only was his coin stolen, but like the wallets were stolen from many other people. So Mario helps him retrieve the frog coin and everybody's wallet. And they return to the Mushroom Kingdom to find that it's been overrun by uh these shy guys that are on uh, pogo sticks. And uh, as you go into the castle, 
to uh, figure out what's going on, and you fight this like mini sword guy, uh, and he tells you that uh, he's part of the Smithy gang, and uh, they are assumed to be coming from this giant sword thing that had that landed in Belger's castle, and uh, you defeat this thing, and you find your first star piece. And uh, Mario decides to accompany Mallow to Tadpole Pond so they can get uh, advice from his dad, Frog Fucius. Uh, and it revealed that uh, Mallow's not really a tadpole, he's adopted. Uh, he came down from like the river or something a long time ago. Uh, and he says that. Uh, Mello should join Mario on his quest to find the seven star pieces as well as his real parents. So uh, Mallow and Mario team up and they go on to Rosetown where they uh, spend the night in some kid's house who's playing with action figures who beats the shit out of Mario. And well, during yeah, the night... Uh, the town is getting rained down by arrows that makes them uh, pause or whatever. Like, like... Oh yeah, they get like, frozen. frozen yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so the, you know something weird's going on. It's the in this inn. town. What's up? So it's the inn, not just some random kid's house. Is it the inn? Yeah, it's the inn. That's the innkeeper's kid, I guess. Okay. I mean, that's the way I did uh, it. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I didn't remember the save star being in there, but you might be right. It's been a while. Because I think doesn't um, Lynx show up in that one? Like, if you sleep there? Maybe. <laughs> okay. I didn't sleep there. <laughs> Yeah, Link's in Rosetown, right? Yeah. Um, yep, so you go there, uh, you get blown up by the kid, uh, Mario gets knocked out, and then in the middle of the night while everybody's sleeping, this uh, celestial spirit thing comes down from Star Road and uh, possesses the wooden doll named Gino, and it grows to uh, human size and walks out the building and walks into the uh, mysterious forest, and uh, the kid uh, sees this happening, and he gets all excited that his doll's alive. Um, so Mario and Mallow follow Gino into the forest, and they encounter this bow-like creature named Bowyer, who's been the one shooting arrows uh, into the town to freeze the residents. And uh, they hide behind the stump while Gino approaches him, and they initiate a battle. Um, and then there's like this cool little cutscene thing where Mario and Mallow are running down this path and getting uh, shot at by arrows and Mallow like face plants <laughs> and Mario's just like, yeah, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. He keeps going. He's and, uh, <laughs> when they get, when they eventually get to the boss, Mallow comes running up and he's like, I can't believe you left me behind. And it's funny cause, uh, it's what everybody would have done. Yep. Like, there's nobody that would have stopped for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, uh, I do like how Mario tells stories in this, because uh, Mario does, of course, never talks for whatever reason, um, but he, like, pantomimes, and then like, he turns into, like, the other characters and stuff, so I thought that was a cool little touch they did. Yeah, he also, like, defies gravity and shit a lot. Yeah, he does stand up in the air. That's cool. You have to show, like, six people in the game how high you can jump. Oh yeah, that's a unique thing where um, you have like I remember as a kid like 
I keep hitting A to advance, like, the text, and it won't do anything. I'm like, what the hell? And you have to, like, actually jump to advance, like, the text. Well, if you could read as a child, they'd be like, I wish somebody would show me how high you could jump. And it's waiting. And I'm like, yeah, I know. What, um, is Mario going to say something else? Oh, nope. Never mind. Yeah, jump. Um, yeah, so you beat up this boyer dude, and uh, you get another star piece, and you join forces with Gino, and he tells you uh, like that he's a star spirit, and he's been tasked with repairing the star road and defeating Smithy, who's like this other dimensional creature who's coming from wherever he came from um, and destroyed the star road, and the star road needs to be fixed so that people's wishes may again be heard. And eventually... Uh, you head on to the Moleville area, and you save a little mole girl and her mole brother from being trapped in a cave-in, and you get another star piece. Uh, you also fight Krakow here again. And then you move on to Booster's Tower, uh, which is like the next... Because Moleville feels kind of like just a, a spacer, like a, a filler area because like nothing really happens there uh, at least story-wise uh but then you move on to booster tower and there's this weird um guy i guess <laughs> i never really figured out what the fuck booster is uh but it's some dude that owns this big ass tower he has the face um, the totem poles with <laughs> just... and he's like the, he's like the sixth booster or something like this pictures on the wall of his uh, the ancestors. Yeah, it's just a weird, unique character they made that, I mean, I don't know, it just kind of works, for me at least. I thought it was interesting, if anything. Like, he's kind of <laughs> oblivious. Like, he doesn't... He Sometimes he knows who Mario is, but most of the time he doesn't. <laughs> like, I don't know, like when you're doing the whole... Oh, that's another mini game where you're like, hide behind the curtains. But uh, uh, if you win that, um, and you then you're like... You get knocked the Mario, uh, well, the old Mario uh, action figure down. He's like, "Oh, thanks for finding the Mario action figure." I don't know. I, I liked I liked the little booster uh, character. So, yeah, Booster's Tower is great. I feel like it's making fun of uh, like the spoiled rich kids who don't have any role world experience and instead just get uh, like given everything uh, spoiled. Everyone. Yeah, like they have a silver spoon. And like they have just a bunch of yes men. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like his tower is probably like the one of the high points of the plot. Um, because a lot of stuff happens here. Uh, you've seen a Bowser at a couple different areas as you've kind of been going through the game, uh, where he's commanding his troop, and every time you see him, like there's less and less of his uh, army still around. It's a Presumably, everybody's been uh, going AWOL and abandoning him. Um, so you meet Bowser at the entrance to Booster Tower, and he's talking to himself, uh, like being just down on himself, which is a common occurrence for him in this game. And uh, Mario shows up, and they have a little altercation, and Peach is at the very top of the tower on this like veranda thing. And she overhears uh, Mario and Bowser talking and yells down for help. Um, and so Bowser agrees to let Mario and Mallow and Gino into his Koopa Troop. 
uh, and help save Princess Peach. So you break inside the tower and you climb up. And like halfway through, you meet Booster and he talks all kinds of shit. And uh, as uh, Kevin said, like it's an odd series of conversations with this character because he's a very unique and uh he's trying to get married to princess peach so you have to stop the marriage from happening and as you get to the very top uh you do the curtain mini game thing and uh you end up getting into the uh going out to the veranda but you're too late booster takes peach and like jumps off the top of this tower somehow it doesn't die <laughs> Because it's a pretty tall fucking tower. Um, and you have to chase him up the hill, which is another minigame that we mentioned before. Uh, Booster's got Princess Peach on his back, and you got the Sniffits uh, running behind you, and you're like stuck in the middle. So you do that, and you end up in... Uh... What the hell is this place called? Marriage Town? Marymore. Marymore, that's right. Uh, and... There were people there having a wedding, but Booster kicks them out of the church and uh, is proceeding with the uh, wedding arrangements with Peach, but uh, he has no idea that, like, what the fuck a marriage is. So, uh, <laughs> he's like, a it's, yeah, he's like talking like all kinds of weird shit. Uh, at one point, like, Princess Peach is crying and he's like, you're leaking water from your eyes. What's going on? Ew, it's salty and shit. And uh, I always thought it was a weird part. Uh, I remember as a kid, I'm like, that that guy just like peaches face. That's that's weird. <laughs> so yeah, it's a super like strange character and super strange like situation. Uh, eventually, you have to uh, pick up uh, like three accessories that. Uh, Princess Peach drops because she gets like tackled by something. I think it's one of the stiffets. I can't remember. Uh, but she like drops all her shit. You have to pick it up real quick. And this is also another little mini game. Uh, but depending on how fast you pick up the accessories and talk to Booster, uh, you either get a kiss from Peach, you get a kiss from Bowser, or you get a kiss from Booster. And uh, as a kid, I always tried to get the kiss from Peach, but I was never fast enough. And through many, many safe states, I finally accomplished it uh, this last playthrough. Oh, and... It's like, we basically have time, like, right before that first candle goes out, is what it is. You know, I've never even noticed that. Yeah, because those candles go out after a certain amount of time. I'm guessing if you get it within one candle, then Peach. Because I got it, like, within two, and I got Bowser. Maybe it was three. I don't know. Uh, I would assume it's the first candle, then, because I had to literally, like immediately talk to the first sniffet before he could go into any of the pews and then I had a like the first chance I get I had to talk to each of the sniffets and then uh, get the crown and talk to booster it was like five or six seconds it has to be really quick uh, but it's not worth it because you don't get anything for it it's just uh, a nice scene I guess yeah um yep so during all this uh booster actually thought like the wedding was just a fun party and uh he just won the cake <laughs> yeah and uh the two little tort 
turtle chefs, whatever they're called, uh, bring a cake in, and it turns into a living human devouring cake somehow, and you have to fight it. And at the end of the fight, uh, the Stephets just throw the cake into Booster's mouth, and he swallows it whole. And uh, after you rescue Princess Peach, everybody goes back to Mushroom Kingdom, and uh, you all decide collectively as a party to fix the Star Road, but Princess Peach has to stay home. Um, but then when you're leaving, she uh, jumps out the window, I guess, and floats down with her parasol and joins the party again. So you move on to gathering the rest of the star pieces. Um, and you go to the next town, which is a uh, seaside town or something. And that place has a bunch of weird NPCs that are all like zombie skin gray. And they all talk very stiltedly. And it's obviously something weird is going on here, uh, but they do tell you that there's a star in the sea where a sunken ship is. Uh, so you go to the sunken ship, you deal with all that stuff, and meet uh, Johnny, who's a shark. And he's got uh, the star, and he challenges you to a fight. And if you win, you get the star, so you do. And you go back to Seaside Town, and as soon as you enter, the... Um, town elder is at the entrance and he's like uh, I need you to give me the star I am actually one of the smithy's uh, goons and if you don't give me the star something bad will happen or whatever yeah, they don't so ever you say, can't have the star they don't ever say what they want the stars for they just want them like, that's another thing I was like I gotta stop thinking I gotta stop thinking about it because it's gonna ruin it <laughs> like what do they care if wishes come true or don't come true like uh, and then you're like, well, the wish thing's not very a strong motivator anyways, because wishes are wishes. They don't really ever come true. <laughs> so. Well, you make some people's wishes come true in the game. Yeah. Like, uh, fuck Fuchsius, you give him, you can give him cricket jam or whatever. Uh, yeah, so you can, uh, you beat this dude's ass, and, uh, or you give, you give him a start, you chase him down, Johnny comes out of the water and stops him from running away. Uh, you, you kick his ass, you get the star. Uh, before this, there's like also Star Hill, which is another like uh, like flyover zone, pretty much. You go in there you, and you fight some monsters and you, you get the star. Like nothing really happened there. You get to see everyone's wishes. That's like where the wishes fell. Yeah, but like there's only one person that lets you know that it's their wish and it's Mallow. Yeah. Because he gets upset. He's like, oh, you can't read people's wishes. They're private or whatever. So, I mean, that's cool, I guess. It's like what. You can you read one sentence of, of people's wishes if you want to. Um, then after so after you get the star from Shark Man Johnny, uh, you go to Land's End, which is more like filler area because there's not really any plot that happens here. Uh, you go to Monster Town and then you work your way up to Nimbus Land. Uh, when you get there, uh, you figure out pretty quick that this is where Mallow is from because he looks like all the NPCs. Basically, they're cloud uh, people. Yeah, like fluffy cloud people, uh, which is interesting, I guess. <laughs> Too bad they're all retarded. 
Like all the all the NPCs, uh, there's like there's this weird like bird lady that's obsessed with birds named Valentina who uh, has said that the king there is sick and that she's going to marry. They found Prince Mallow finally, and it's this giant dodo bird, and he's she's going to marry him and become the new queen. And everybody in the town is like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Uh, you talk to an NPC, and he's a statue maker for the the king, and he's been making statues for this Valentina chick. Um, and so you, he has a great idea to turn uh, Mario into a statue and get snuck into the palace. So uh, you do that. You infiltrate the castle. Uh, while you're there, you beat up Valentina and Dodo, and the with the queen and king liberated, they tell you uh, that they saw a star fall into the nearby volcano. Uh, you go there, you get the six piece of star, you fight the... It gets stolen by these action rangers, so you kick their ass, and then you get the star back. Uh, you go back to Nimbus Land, and uh, you tell the king and the queen, and they fix up this royal bus for you, and that sends you to Bowser's castle. And you fight your way through Bowser's castle... And uh, you fight the sword that's uh, uh, stuck in the castle, and you learn that it's actually a gateway to Smithy's factory, uh, which is where he's been mass-producing his army. Uh, so you go to this new dimension, you go to the factory, you kill Smithy, and, well, you defeat him, and uh, you stop him from creating this army, uh, and you get you cause the sword to disappear, and you collect the last star piece, and you repair Star Road, and Gino returns to Star Road, Bowser rebuilds his castle, uh, Mallow regains his uh, title as a prince of Nimbus Land, and Mario and Princess Peach return to Mushroom Kingdom, and everybody lives happily ever after. Yep, until, and that's the story. Until, until Koopa steals Princess again, and the cycle starts over. Yeah, Super Mario 64. Yeah, yeah three months away. <laughs> Was it only three months after this one came out? Yeah, I think 64 came out in like June 96. <clears throat> so they had good platforming. They just didn't put it in this game. Which is fine. Well, Square developed this one. Oh. Nintendo was working on 64, I would, presumably. That probably makes more sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, the... The other thing I would add is, like, it does give, like, a little bit of background. Like, the characterization of, like, Koopa is kind of something you didn't really see before. Uh, you all, all you ever knew him as is, like, big bad guy. So it kind of gives him a little bit more characterization where is he has, after the whole, like, Smithy thing, you see, like, his self-doubt and stuff, which is kind of kind of a little nice little take on it, I thought, uh, even though he was just still annoying. But it's, it's definitely humanized him a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Milo was annoying, and Gino didn't really say much, you know, after you first get him. I don't think he really talks, does he? Unless he has to explain what's going on with the Star Road. Yeah, that's all he's there for. He's just, he's just info dump, um, character. <laughs> but, uh... It's not like he's, like, a, a living being. He's just, uh, I mean, he's there for his mission, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really ever start like 
developing a personality or becoming human or anything. It's just like, I'm here to fix Star Wars Road, and then Star Road's fixed. I'm like, peace, see ya. Honestly, um, he's like Kit from Knight Rider. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I thought the story was good for what they had to work with, uh, and it's just long enough where it's a it's okay. Like they couldn't really. You you did mention that it had some kind of filler areas, which uh, if they had more than that, it probably would have got it would probably drag the game out too long. But I think it was. I think this game's like to me almost the perfect length. Like I said, once you get to Smithy's factory, it kind of drags on a little bit. You're like, just let's get it over with at that point. But um, up until then, I I kind of had fun. Like uh, Travis was saying that, you know, when he got to the volcano, it kind of drug for him. I can see that too, um, where that kind of drags out. Uh, but And then Koopa's Castle, they kind of drag it out with those, like you have to beat four of those doorways. So, but other than that, I mean... Uh, for what it is, I thought the story was okay, and it wasn't. It was just not bad, and you kind of got to turn your brain off um, and not think about specific things. Just got let just go with the flow. Um, but I think the story is a three to me. Okay. Uh, what about you, Kyle? Yeah. So for at the time for a Mario game, it's probably the best story they ever had, but. That's not really saying much. Um, for what the writers were able to do, I think they did a good job. I mean, you're not going to take Mario and make him doing anything serious or anything even semi-evil. So taking, you know, hey, we can't wish for things anymore. Let's solve that. It It's good enough, um, but it's pretty boring, pretty bare bones, as we said before. The best thing about the story though is like the characters they added in are great adding bowser's backstory was fantastic um malo sucks gino's whatever booster's awesome um you can actually even go back later in the game i found this i was randomly searching for hidden chests again uh you can see after you beat valentina that booster and valentina are getting like engaged on his tower so there's a little bit more story in it than you think but oh yeah I beyond the when I went back, uh, he was waiting for his next uh, wife to fall from the sky. <laughs> so it must have been that. Yeah. So I must have came there before Cloud City. So if you go back after she jumps out of the, the, the clouds, that makes sense. So she landed at Booster Tower. Oh, man. Because I know I saw exactly. <laughs> I never, yeah. I never uh, went back a third time all the way to the top because it's kind of annoying to get back to the top of the tower, but. Oh, it totally was. Like, I went back for the, you know, let's get the, the casino card or whatever and randomly tried it. And, you know, so there's a little more than I thought. But still, uh, besides the added characters, you know, Croco, Booster are great. Johnny, I like. Valentina's whatever. Um, the end factory, once you get to the factory, the game doesn't make any sense anymore story-wise. Like, how did this come out of nowhere? I get we're in another dimension. Oh, we have to make another dimension to make a Mario enemy, and here's a guy who makes metal enemies for fun. Like, it, at that point, it's kind of whatever. Um, so for the most part, I'm going to give it a two. They tried their best, but you can tell it's kind of just thrown together to make sense of a really great gameplay system. I can get down with that. Um, for me, I feel like the story is a four up until you get uh, the situation with Princess Peach resolved, and then it's kind of like they didn't give a shit anymore. 
and uh, the rest of it doesn't really like feel fleshed out. Like you're being pushed. Yeah, like there's no flush to it. There's no you're not really being pushed through the rest of the game. It's just like, oh well, we got to find the stars now. And I bet you, like a lot of people, like you know, love this game as a kid, but you know, most of the time you rent the game. So as a rental, you probably only get maybe a little bit past Booster Tower if you have it for a weekend, you know? And if that's all you remember, yeah, that's really good. But if you play the whole game, it kind of drops down a little bit. It's like, yeah. I feel like they needed to add more of what they were doing. Like, every time you'd go to a town, there'd be like a little brief little scene, and the characters would have characterization. They'd be talking to each other. Uh, you get some information on what's going on in the town and stuff like that. But then after everything after Booster Tower is like Star Star Hill, which is like literally nothing. And then you go to Seaside Town and everybody's a zombie there. And like you don't have any discussion with anybody uh, in the town. So you go to the second ship. And at like you have like a brief dialogue with Johnny, um, but uh I don't think any of the characters talk back. He just like yeah, I'm a badass. This is my crew. I want the star. You have to fight for it. Yeah, and I respect your jumping, bro. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like, like okay, and then so then you get back to the town, and the the boss is like, oh, well, give me the star, and you do, and then you follow him up the hill, and Johnny's like, you can't escape, and you you fight this guy and you win, and like so no, nothing like entertaining happens. None of the characters talk really. Uh, then you go through everything up until Nimbus is literally nothing happening with the plot. It says you just go to these new areas. Um, and then you get to Nimbus, and you see Valentina and Dodo doing their shit. And still, none of the characters talk. Like, the other character that talks is uh, Mallow. And nobody likes Mallow. So they could have had, like, somebody, like, even Princess Peach being like, Oh, you're a prince? Cool. We could be royal friends or something, because I'm a princess. Or something, like, some kind of something. Anything. Not just... Mallow, Mallow being an idiot, being like, oh, there's another prince named Mallow, that's that's cool. Or another person named Mallow and he's a prince. Like, that's... What a coincidence. It's like, no. <laughs> like, even Bowser could have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a king, that's not usually how this works, dude, or whatever. Like, something. They could have had some kind of dialogue with the whole party there, and they don't. You don't have anything more until you get to Bowser's castle, and Bowser just sees, like, a couple of his minions, and he's like, oh... They're like, oh, I'm sorry for turning against you. It was brainwashed. He's like, yeah, it's it's all good. And then you continue going. And it's frustrating because they had such a promising start and then they just dropped it. And whether that's because they were rushed, because the 64 is coming out, and this is like one of the last N uh, Super NES games that came out, I uh, don't really know. Uh, but it's definitely disappointing uh, that it goes from being super promising to what we get at the end. So I'm giving it a two and a half. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with all those points you made, and uh, not like that definitely put it more in perspective. Like thinking back on it now, it's like yeah, it's really good up till after booster part, and then it's like maybe that's the best story they come up with, and they're like, okay, now let's. They're like, maybe that's all the story they had, and then they're like, yeah, it's gotta be longer, <laughs> and they're like, oh, I guess we can do this and do this, and it's just like a bunch of like extensions until you get to Bowser. So, who knows what really happened? Like that'd be interesting to look into. Like if it, the way it feels, it's like yeah, it's really fleshed out in the beginning, and then it kind of peters out after that. So, 
there's gotta be something more to it that uh be interesting to to like research into yeah, definitely worth doing maybe if you find some stuff we could do like a 0.5 episode or something yeah well uh, we'll try to look into that see if there's anything we can find or if anybody knows in the discord or wants to let us know like we'll, we'll uh, be cool to find out that, that kind of stuff Alrighty, so I guess that wrapped up the story and leads us into uh, Music Break 2. Uh, this is my pick. Uh, I really like the Smithy boss fight songs, so I'm going to be choosing uh, the second half of the fight where he transforms. And uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty catchy, so I hope you enjoy. Okie visuals. Uh, Kyle, how about you start us off with this one? Sure. Um, so visuals for this one, like, surprisingly enough, even playing on the original Super Nintendo, like, it looks great. Everything looks great on this. Um, it's pre-rendered backgrounds. You walk in front of it with pre-rendered character models. They only have so many actions, and they just repeat over and over through the movements. But you have a, a fully 
eight directional system of movement. Um, everything looks pretty crisp. There are, if you really want to get deep down into it, there are a couple of areas where you will be behind certain um, assets in the background or things like that. But overall, for being that this game came out in uh, 1996, like it looks, it looks really great. Um, maybe a little grainy at times. Maybe some of the assets are overused, but it's just it's nostalgic. It looks really pleasant overall like i had zero issues with any of the visuals in this game it's nice to see that different attacks have um you know different ways of doing it mario's got his um his glove his punch his hammer and his kick malo's got symbols a punch and a frog stick like there's a lot of differentiation between what's going on here and in all honesty i mean it's it's still pretty impressive to this day um a remaster would look nice, I suppose, and I think that's a great idea if, if they ever really wanted to do it, but it would just be cleaning it up for the most part. I mean, um, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I can't really say anything looks terrible in this game in any way. I definitely agree with that. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, what did you score, Kyle? Oh, sorry, uh, four out of five on this one. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, thought this game looks amazing. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't look so great on, like, a 50-inch TV, but it's probably more made for 30-inch TVs, you know, back in the day, so, um, you know, looking, like, I played it on the Wii U, and you can have the little handheld version, and it looks really, really good on that. So, I just know, like, if they remastered this, Chris, you know, tighten it up and, you know, smoothed out the polygons where they need to be smoothed, I think it'll look uh, really, really good. Um, I liked, uh, you know, they had different battle animations, kind of mentioned that before, and then I like that they used, like, character, like, I think this is the first time um, they used, like, the Super Mario 2 characters. I, I could be wrong, but, like, this, the America Super Mario 2, because it was different in Japan, and they made, like, an easier version of it, um so we would buy it but uh i think this is like the first time they really acknowledge those characters exist um and they i think in later games they started using shy guys and all those other guys all those other characters like uh bert birdo or whatever the character is what's that it's a birdo yeah 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 because birdo's in this game uh, as a boss so i think that was kind of like a cool like surprise because like every other mario game they're they're not in it so um that was a different wrinkle to it uh and all the characters they did come up with that uh besides like mallow but gino looks really really cool it's got a cool design um and it's one of those characters that people wish that you know he had to come back at some point but Square probably owns the rights, and Nintendo probably doesn't want to pay for them or whatever, but... Uh, Bingo. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely... I think there's one, like, you can buy, like, Gino for your Wii, for, for your me. Uh, you can buy, like, Gino Outfit or something. <laughs> I think that's the best, the closest you can get. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's really, really... Re especially Super Nintendo, it's f fucking amazing, so definitely for... For me but you know i'm probably i'm a little biased as well because i grew up in that era so you know maybe someone that's 
you know, 15, 16 today, I think it looks like shit, but <laughs> for me, it was, I, I think it looks amazing. I don't know, like, I kind of see where you're coming from on that, but I still feel like the graphics look good enough that the only people that would uh, say that this game looks like shit are contrarians. Like, even as a... I mean, some people don't like the pixel look. You know what I mean? Like, the pixel... Like, it's not more... I guess, but it's still, like, for what it is, from the time, this is probably, like, if not the best-looking uh, Super Nintendo game, it is one of the best-looking Super Nintendo games. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that are, that are, that are at least Trigger, using... honestly. What's that? It's up there with Chrono Trigger, for graphically. Oh, for sure. And it's... Because of the the different style, like the asymmetric, uh, like look it has going to it, they had to do a lot of things, uh, that were I guess innovative at the time, like technology wise. Um, so the way the like the only way I think you could improve this the way this game looks would be to add um, a way to rotate the screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that way you could see everything from a different angle. Uh, and like maybe it would help with the platforming a little bit more. For sure. But I understand why they did it the way they did. Uh, everything's fixed. Uh, probably because they were short on uh, like development time or whatever, whatever the issue is. Uh, but also, a lot of things look uh, like set up the way they are visually. Um, and to, if you were to change that by rotating it around, uh, it might cause issues. So they might have to like redesign some stuff, but. Uh, just like as a hypothetical, if if you were to improve the game in any way, I think that would be the only thing I would uh, suggest that could make it uh, it's more like involved or interactive. But uh, otherwise, uh, like everything you guys were saying, nothing looks bad in this game. Everything looks pretty great. There's lots of variety. The other thing um, I lament is that uh, all the recolors are pretty much in the last areas of the like the last two dungeons like Bowser's Castle and the Smithies area. Yeah. They use a lot of recolored uh monsters, but it, I mean it is what it is at that point. It's not that big a deal. Point. Yeah, the game's over at that point, so like yeah, fuck it. <laughs> um and I thought the character designs were probably the highlight. There's lots of characters that are very well animated and uh they're very distinctive in their personalities that are given through uh like their design. Uh so I will agree with you guys and give it a four as well. And that brings us to music slash voice acting. Uh, the composer, as we mentioned before, is Yoko Shimomura. Um, and I guess I'll start this one off. Uh, I feel like there's like almost 40, 40 songs in the soundtrack or something like that. And I don't feel like any one of them is bad. Uh... Like there I'll may be some the art. beat Nimbus City on that one. Well, yeah, that one's just laugh in the background. <laughs> like, there's not. Uh... Well, I mean, I don't know. I like the Nimbus Place one. Uh... It's got like a lighthearted uh, feel to it. If I'm thinking of the right song, uh, I may not be. I may not be. I might be thinking of. Um... The uh, the, like the, the outer city theme is great, but the in palace theme where she's like laughing in the background the whole time. Yes, yes, because I was thinking of like the the do 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 one. Yeah, and that one's maybe, great. Yeah. Maybe mistaken. So there's actually 60, 60 tracks. Jesus Christ. 
yeah. So for the most part, except for that, uh, <laughs> except for the Valentina song, uh, like, but even that one's got its like appeal because it's like all her personality in that song, uh, like that re the regal, uh, I'm better than you, uh, feel. So it it it's good for her character, uh, but it's definitely not like a listenable song. I'd say, um, but yeah, uh, I think overall, like nothing is bad. Uh, everything's pretty good, and I will also give it a four out of five. Uh, Kevin, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, like I say, like I always say, but music is not. Uh, I'm, I think I'm tone deaf or whatever. But uh, even I notice, like, it's not the thing. Like, I never really notice music unless it's really, really good, and. I definitely noticed a bunch of songs, or at least some of them. And the one in the Booster Tower, the doo-doo, like that thing was like amazing to me. So I like I, I just like would sit there and listen to that one when I first started. Like when you get up there and he's on the train, you know? Like I love that part. So, and that's definitely my pick for my song coming up here in a minute. Um, but uh, even the sound effects, like the classic Mario sound effects are all there. Like the, you expect to be there, they do it and they do it right. Um, so they definitely nailed it. Bullseye hundred percent. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's great. Um, I'm going to give it a, a four, four and a half. I loved it. Alrighty, Kyle. Um, wow, yeah, honestly, the music is, like, surprisingly great for this game. Um, Shimomura does a great job. Um, from what I've read, looking into, you know, a little research on the game, this is apparently the game that made her career, like, really lead off, and, you know, got some big ones under there. Um, we're talking Kingdom Hearts, um, that's a pretty big one overall parasite eve legend of mana um a couple of the other mario and luigi games final fantasy 15 even though some people don't like it the music's great in it um really pretty much everything in this is great um the songs all fit the settings very well forest maze people probably would know without even having touched the game before if you're on you know memes or reddit or tiktok or whatever um and even in the backgrounds of things you can kind of tell a lot of the songs are very rhythmic they follow a lot of similar patterns which kind of fits in the whole theory or the whole um system of the game with time to tax so you kind of just get that sense where a lot of thought was put into this music to set it up even the sound effects throughout the game are just fantastic. I, I won't lie. I mean, I've been playing this game since I was 10 years old. I could close my eyes and hit a lot of the time tacks just because of the sound effects that hit beforehand. It's just so ingraining into your system and your memory, um, you know, through playing it through so long. So for this one, I am going to give a 4.5 as well. I, I really do enjoy everything about the music in this game. Yeah, I would say, in my opinion, the music is the best part about this game. So, yeah, they they definitely like nailed almost everything, like visuals and music, and you know the story in the beginning. Like they did a lot of really good. It's just I feel like 
like at the end they just they missed it just a little bit you know what i mean like i don't know it's kind of like it's a good game but you're also kind of disappointed at the same time because it's like it's it could have been better like it's as a, crazy as that sounds like to think when i was a kid like i thought this game was perfect but now going back to him like man it could have been so much better you're right. It's almost too simplistic on some of it. Um, I think looking through the OST, like the longest song is two and a half minutes. Um, so to have something longer, more like lasting, would probably be a little bit better. Yeah, I'm just talking about the game in general, though. Like I felt like it could be way better. Not way better, but there's like a lot of stuff they could have done better. Well, we can definitely cover that more in the next section. Yeah. Uh, overall experience. But for now, uh, musical break number three, uh, which is Kevin's choice. Yep. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, when you're in Booster's Tower and you get like there's a song like there's Booster's Tower music and there's like Booster theme music basically I think is what it is. And the first time you really talk to Booster, um, he's like riding his little train and he starts throwing bomb bombs at you. Uh, the song starts playing um, and. You can almost die because you just let the bomb bombs go off because you listen to the music. Um, but uh, this one's called "And My Name Is Bo- And My Name's Booster." So definitely a pretty catchy song. Um, and that uh, leads us down to overall experience. As Brent would say, it is uh, expectations versus reality. Uh, we've all kind of come into our own opinion about what the overall experience is. Um, so uh, see here, Kyle's the only one that's written notes. So I guess we'll start with Kyle. 
So, um, it's a great game. We've been talking about it on the uh, Discord for a little bit, and the question was, like, is it in your top five RPGs for SNES? And it's hard to say that it can't be. Um, the ones I picked, just in case people aren't on it, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, Final Fantasy VI, Might and Magic 3, sorry, I'm a sucker for way too deep, like... D&D systems, and then it'd be either Super Mario RPG, Secret of Mana. So it's right there on the top. Um, a lot of lists out there, a lot of people you talk to, you'd even get in the top, probably for me as well, 10 or 12 um, of all time. It's like a really... It's a tight game. It it plays well. It's a good length. It doesn't do too many things... Um, perfectly, but it does nothing poorly, and that's kind of difficult to do. It is 100% the absolute ultimate starter RPG. Um, I've had my wife play it as her first RPG, and after that she started getting into Sakudin, got into Final Fantasy, more of that kind of stuff. Like, when my kids turn old enough to play RPGs, I'll probably have them start with this one, because it's just hard enough to feel good about it, but there's never a point in time where you're sitting there minus pearls if you can't figure that out in the sunken ship where you're just absolutely unable to continue with the game so overall i mean it's a it's a really good game everything works well all the systems make sense there's nothing that's poorly done overall and overall i'd give it boy it's hard to say because like for top five rpgs for an entire system i'm I'm going to give it a four and a half. Four and a half out of five. Can't say it's a perfect game. There's things they could do better, but this is for the day it came out in, for the nostalgia factor it has today. It's a it's a great, great game. Um, anybody who likes RPG should play this, honestly. Pretty uh, rave review, which I definitely agree with. Um There's much more to add. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one uh, more quick one for me. Do not go for 100 jumps. Don't do it. Just leave it be. Unless oh, you yeah. can cheat. <laughs> I can't imagine it's a fun experience. When I was a kid, uh, the highest I ever got was like maybe 16. And I was like, it's not worth it to me. Yeah, I had it uh, for an hour and I got 34. So, Or maybe it was like an hour and a half or two hours. But it was... I took a good chunk of time and I got the rhythm, so I at least got thirty. And then, like when you when you're like, you just gotta have to time it perfectly every time, and you just gotta get your, you know, your finger and everything basically trained. So you're timing it. Yeah, like I I played the drums growing up. Like that's kind of my jam. Um, I probably for the show honestly put in. 30 to 45 hours trying this thing over a month's worth of time. Um, and yeah, like honestly frustrating that I couldn't get the 198. I will even send a picture if anyone wants to see it on that. But one of these days I'm going to do it. This is one of like my bucket list things. I think now I just have to complete this. If you get 98, you gotta get the two more. So, Right, like, I I just, no, when I did that, I honestly had to go for a 15-minute walk. I, like, couldn't (laughs) even sit down and look at the screen. Damn. I can't imagine how frustrating that was. (laughs) But you keep going. You find more games to play. 
And he said, fuck this, it's not worth it. Or maybe it is worth it, uh, but yeah. I mean, I don't know, it's, everybody's uh, opinion and experience and stuff is going to be different. I mean, uh, if there's a trophy like, for it, uh, Nick and I would definitely get it, because I did, def like, I can't say I never would do it, because uh, I definitely did pure solar fucking maze thing, so I would probably do anything for a trophy. Yeah, I can't imagine this being as frustrating as that maze thing, so... Uh... Yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of like uh, the Final Fantasy X Lightning Strikes bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, from my overall experience, uh, it was just as good as, as I remembered it being as a kid, maybe even uh, better, because uh, I guess I'm older now, <laughs> and I can compare it more to uh, things I have played. Uh, I never... I've never thought this game was was bad or mediocre or even good. I've always thought this was a, a great game. Um, and playing it this last time just only further cemented that opinion for me. Um, obviously, there are things that can be improved. Like There's always something that can be improved on every thing, uh, every system, every work of uh, art, every project. And there's always something that can be better, but... Uh, as it stands for what we the product that we got uh you can be hard pressed to uh make something better given presumably the amount of time they had or whatever the budget they had i think they did the absolute best with what they had and uh it's a it's a great experience and i would definitely recommend that everybody play it even if uh you don't like rpgs you would like this game it's kind of how i feel uh, so I give it a 4.5. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, I definitely uh, really enjoyed this game. But the story uh, part of it, definitely, like, I, when I rate RPGs or how I feel about RPGs, when I rank them, story is a big part of it for me. And... I think uh, having a weaker story now that I'm older and I've, you know, I haven't, I haven't played this since I was a kid, so um, I kind of didn't remember how light the story was. I mean, I kind of remembered, but not really. And uh, it was kind of, I guess, a little disappointing. It wasn't like I knew it wasn't the greatest or I hadn't the best story, but it definitely kind of took it down a notch, not too far. When I was thinking my top five Super Nintendo RPGs, it kind of fell down to six for me. But I also haven't played those other ones recently either. Uh, so I think it was like Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, Final Fantasy IV. Uh, I think I'm forgetting one other one, but uh, I think this was six for me. Uh, still high up there. Still a great game. Um, I still I'm glad I played it. Uh, but I think the story knocked down just a, a tad for me, so uh, I'm still going to give it a 4 out of 5. It's still a fucking great game, but um, uh, yeah, I think the story was just a little too short for me. But loved it. That's fair. Uh, it's definitely an important part of games for a lot of people. So yeah, that's why I like, definitely recommend Starter RPG you know, you're not you're not 
having to think too hard about what's going on. You're just playing for fun, and it's definitely that. It's definitely fun to play. Uh, you're gonna say something else, Kyle? Oh no, just uh, absolutely agree. I think um, pretty right on there. It's it's good. It's a really good game. Um, nothing spectacular. Everything maybe slightly above average, besides platforming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that part took it down a little bit for me, too, because I'm not a platformer. I mean, I like some of them, but I just I just need a double jump, and I would have been fine. Like, something like... Because I just get annoyed when you fall, and you have to, like, start all over again. And it's not like... It's just annoying. That's all. I swear, like, somewhere Miyamoto's in the background, like, if Mario can't jump in this game, I will destroy all of you. Uh, that's fine. I mean, he had he had to have Mario jump. That's his thing. I still uh, I still don't understand where the struggles come from, but you know, teeth their own. I suck at I, I just suck. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not that it's tough. It's just bad. It's poorly done. I just feel like it's a slippery control, and I can't see like I can't tell where I'm going. Sometimes, yes, I know you can look at the shadow, and I did I did do that. It's just. Uh, if sometimes you can't see the shadow, like when you're on the stupid vines, uh, and I can't, you can't like move around in the, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it anymore. Just... Yeah. You still have a directional control pad. So, I mean, sometimes you're just too hard on the left instead of the down making those jumps. You yeah, know, part of my problem was I was using the, uh, Wii U and they have like a, uh, analog stick, you know? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, and you can't really... It, it's way too sensitive for an analog stick. So that's kind of where some of my frustration came into. So once I... So it doesn't have the D-pad? Yeah, it does have the D-pad. But I wasn't... like I was just, I'm just used to use, using the analog stick. Once I switched the D-pad, it was better. Uh, it still wasn't as good, but like don't definitely don't use the analog stick for jumping because you can't tell where you're going to go. Yeah, yeah, it's not just... It's not that it's terrible there sometimes for, like, the hidden treasures. Like, I remember one or two on Booster Pass. I just jump for five minutes. Like, it's somewhere in this goddamn place, but I feel like I'm just jumping back and forth for no reason on the same three areas. Yeah, the, the guide I had had pictures for everywhere you need to jump, so it made it easy. Yep. Definitely, uh, you can definitely use a guide, and it's a lot, a lot easier. Um, I would say you don't need a guide for this game. Yeah, no. Okay, uh, well, let's move on to replayability slash extra content. Uh, I guess I'll start off in saying I don't think this game has any replayability in the traditional sense, uh, or really any extra content. Like, there's a bunch of minigames and stuff, but you are introduced to most of them as you play through the game. And none of them, none of them are really worth your time, because uh, very rarely do you actually get any good prizes out of them. Um, however... The game is short enough uh, and fun enough that you will, after having played it once, I strongly believe that even people nowadays who have played it for the first time will feel such a sense of nostalgia for it that every few years they would want to come back and play it uh, just to relive the experience. Uh, so for me, uh, I'd give replayability slash extra content a three based just on the uh, the draw that it has for me as a player to want to come back and play it uh, every few years. Uh, Kevin, how, about, how do you feel about replayability sex extra content? 
I'm kind of with you. It's definitely uh, you want to play it again because it's nostalgic, or I mean, it's it's fun. Um, but to me, this day and age, there's just so many games. Like it's hard to go back to a game unless you're doing it for a specific reason, like a like how we're doing it for a podcast. Um, and so it's not. I have to have a little bit more to go back. Like once I'm done with a game, I'm done with the game. Uh, I want to be done. Like I want. That's why I want 100 percent it. So I'm like 100 percent. It's done. Uh, I like to close the book and move on to the next thing. That's just how my brain works, you know? Uh, but yeah, there's going to be games that, like, yeah, in 10 years, yeah, I want to play that game again. Just to go through the experience. Uh, just not as good as the first time for me. Um, I'm going to, but still, yeah, it's Mario. It's, you know, it's good. Uh, two and a half for me. Um, Uh, Kyle, how do you feel about it? Right, um, you know, I'm in the same boat as Kevin at this point. Like, I'm, not that I'm old, I mean, I'm 36, but I'm getting older. Like, I'm getting through games, and, you know, how many more times do I really need to play this going through is kind of the deal. And for Super Mario RPG, I've beaten this game at least 20 times in my life. It's getting slightly less and less attractive as I get older coming back to because I've done everything. Um, there's no new game plus. You can maybe add some difficulty by doing a low level challenge or a initial equip challenge or a no item challenge, but none of that is really difficult adding to anything down the line. So, you know, it's it's great to come back to maybe once every five, six years. I think before this podcast came up, the last time I played it was five years ago and then my wife played it maybe two two and a half years ago something like that so it's it's still in the house it still gets used my kid will play when he gets old enough but um the replayability is a little tough i personally will still play it because i want those goddamn 100 jumps but (laughs) other than that there's not a whole lot bringing me back well, I would say it's a testament that you said you've beaten it about 20 times, that it is such a replayable game. Uh, it may not be, like I said, traditionally, uh, what we would describe as replayable as in having new content, new features, uh, new incentives to play the game again. But the for, for what it is, uh, being such a short game and being such an enjoyable game, that you can finish it in like a weekend if you really try. That's and, exactly uh, it. Take a take a long weekend, take a holiday weekend, you could beat it halfway through. Um did you rate it? Uh two and a half, I'll say. I'm gonna bump it up from my original two to two and a half. Okay. Still has okay. power. Yeah, you played it twenty times, man. I've played it twice all the way through. <laughs> like yeah, I've owned it since it came out. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean I have two in various forms, but I just I don't know. I just it's hard for me to start up a game when I already know what's going to happen. So, I like the whole discovering and figuring it out and then yeah, that's I mean that's the fun for it for me. But once I know something, it's kind of bo- like it's not boring, it's just not as good. So, well there's a there's like a nice span of time between having had played something and then uh playing it again where you forget a lot and the discovery uh, like the rediscovery happens, and it's more of like a nostalgia uh, thing. Like for me, um, I hadn't played this since I was, I don't know, in my teens. So when I was playing it again, 
uh, every time I got to a new area, heard the, the song again, uh, did a bit of the gameplay again, I was like inundated with nostalgia. So uh, for me, the replayability enjoyment was just re kind of reliving all of that again and getting that experience again. Uh, and there's, there's lots of games that I've played when I was a kid that I think about playing all the time, like Breath of Fire, uh, Wild Arms, uh, stuff like that, Valkyrie Profile. Like my favorite games uh, from when I was a kid, I think about playing all the time again. Uh, but there are a lot of games that were released uh, more recently. Uh, that I, I definitely think are one and done things. So I think a lot of the older stuff has that like, for lack of a better word, like magic. Uh, whether that is from being like a formative experience uh, versus being actually good games, I can't say. Uh, but I do think that uh, you're your way of looking at uh, like being one and done with the games applies more to, at least for me, like new modern stuff where there's less heart in them uh, as opposed to the older stuff, which uh, was back when I felt like people still cared about th uh, making games, not just making money. Money was part of it, but yeah, you definitely did it for the love of the game. Yeah. You talk about like the RPG Factory games, like I Am Setsuna. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, My Name Is Setsuna. Like those ones, you can tell. Like, I, I don't feel like there is. Uh... This kind of felt like boring to me. The one I played was Lost Fear. I don't know if you played that. Okay. One. Lost Fear kind of felt that way, where it's like it didn't. I don't know. There's something kind of missing, but maybe it's just. I don't know. I play a lot. I've played a lot of games, so that part is probably part of it too. Some people probably love that game, so I'm sorry if I'm shitting on your game, but that was kind of boring to me. <laughs> Uh, it's bound to happen. Yeah. Alright, so let's move on to our last musical break. Uh, this is Kyle's pick. Alright, so uh, I gotta pick the banger, Beware the Forest Mushrooms. If you've played this game, you absolutely know the song, aka Gino's theme. Fantastic in the Mushroom Forest. Enjoy.
All right. If you haven't heard any of the uh, like remixes or or meme mixes or whatever they might be called of uh, that song, you definitely deserve to check them out. Uh, like treat yourself to that because there are so many good uh, reimaginings of that song out there, and it's uh, definitely a great thing to listen to. But we are now finished with the show, so it's time for everybody to stop listening while we ramble on about random bullshit. Uh, Our next game should be uh, Charles from Zero, but uh, I believe Kevin Wan was proposing that we do the most recent... um... Damn it, the hell is that series called? Uh, To the Moon. Yeah, the To the Moon games. Uh, PC only? Yeah. Unfortunately. No, I think To the Moon's on Switch. Hmm. I think they just released To the Moon is is on Switch. They released it uh, last year or something. But the newest game, which is... Imposter Factory. Imposter Factory just came out. Um, It's not yet. And Nick and I did Finding Paradise and Bird Story together because they're kind of like... Bird Story is only like an hour game. Uh, It's not really... I don't know if I even consider it like much of a game. It's kind of like a... It's like a walking simulator. (laughs) It's a prequel to... Or it's like a... You get to know the character of Finding Paradise a little bit more. But uh, we did the review for that one a couple of years ago. Um, so I was like, well, Imposter Factory's there. It's like a five-hour game. So probably going to run through that and do that maybe next couple weeks while we're waiting for uh, Trails uh, of Zero to come out and probably just do some trophy uh, hunting in between time. It might take us a, a long time to do the actual review for Trails from Zero because... I'm a slacker sometimes, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so we might record this uh, Imposter Factory and, like, drop it in, like, a month or something so that there's something in there. Fair. Yeah, I might pick up the trails. We'll see on that one. I mean, it's coming out for everything, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's on PS5 or the new Xbox, but uh, PS4, for sure. And Vita and... No, not Vita. Uh, Switch. Switch, yeah. Yeah, I can get it on Switch then. Yeah. Not sure if I'm going to pick up Diofield or not yet. If you do get it on Switch, be advised that it does have lots of quality of life and graphical improvements versus uh, PS4. Alright, so good say. to know. So they say. Not confirmed yet. Has it been confirmed? I thought it was confirmed. Cause, yeah, uh, I thought it was. Nisa said they were... Using the uh, they they um, they're doing in house for the PS4, and then they uh, sent the PC or it's the Steam client version and the Switch version to a third party, and that third party happened to be somebody like a group that were doing modding for the game already. So they updated that uh, the version of the game for the Switch and the PC, but Falcom didn't approve it for the PS4 release or something like that. So. Okay. Interesting. Do we get any uh, uh, emails? We do not have any emails. I just checked. Doug might not have had a chance to listen to the last episode yet. So. 
I guess I wasn't on it. Uh, I think we. I think there's some questions in the Discord. I don't know if you want to talk about those. Sure, go for it. Um, Kyle, before I guess he decided or realized who's going to be on this episode, had posted a few questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can read them, I guess, if you want to. So, uh, what did you guys use most often for teams? Personally, for me, um, it was Mario, Bowser, Geno, until Axum Rangers, and then I replaced Bowser with Peach. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Uh, not me. I had uh, only Mario, Geno, Peach as soon as I could. So... It's a fair call, though. Um, so next up, which star did you enjoy the most collecting um, for, like, the whole range of it? For me, um, I really don't like three or six so much. I think they're kind of boring. I think my favorite is probably going to be five. The uh, the pirate ship, Johnny, Bjardovich. I think that's like the hardest part of the game, which is kind of the most fun for me. Um, I don't remember. Uh, I don't think I have a favorite one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, is uh, Booster's Tower, do you get a star there, or is it after? That'd be like four. So Moleville would be three, Booster's Tower up to Star Hill would be four. Okay, yeah, I'll just go for that one then. Yeah, I understand. Like it's that, that that same span of time, but I don't really put them together because they feel like distinct events. Right. Uh, so for me, like Star Four is like you walk into Star Hill and you get the star, and for me that's boring as shit. But <laughs> all the events leading up to that are pretty great. Uh, so I would say my favorite is going through uh, the Force Maze because without a guide, uh, that shit's fucked up. But I guess you get directions in the town. Uh, and like just being intru- introduced to Gino and uh, that whole area, the as you said, the 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 background music for that place is phenomenal, uh, and it's just generally uh, a really great place to be, and at, at that point in the game, so that's my favorite. Uh, next up, total jumps again, ninety-eight. Tried my best. Mine was thirty-six. I was zero because I didn't even attempt it. <laughs> well, you probably, you probably at least got 13 just by hitting the button because that's... No, I didn't, I didn't use the ability one time. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, just no. cheated for the 100. Yes. <laughs> Smart. Uh, all right, then uh, finally for me, favorite weapon types. There's a lot in the game. Um, I really like Mario shells. I hate the lazy shell. It sucks, but the knock-knock shell and... Um, whatever the middle shell is, I can't even think of the name, are great. I also do like the Hurley Gloves with Bowser throwing Mario. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think mine, I think... I think mine are the Hurley Gloves, because that's a funny fucking weapon. Like, he literally grabs Mario and throws him at the enemy. That's classic. I like uh, Peach's frying pan, because the visual of her just going around beating the shit of people with a frying pan <laughs> is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the only other questions that weren't joke questions is uh, from Spokes, and he asks favorite enemy. So for 
me, I probably would say, uh, based on just like design, uh, I always liked those weird frog dudes in the first sewer area, like the the green frog creatures. Because uh, they like, when they attack, they like move their arms in a weird way in their head and like spit out the fucking uh, whatever it is, like phlegm or whatever the hell they spit at you. And that always struck me as like a super odd uh, enemy type to fight. Uh, so that's my choice for that. Um, um, I was going to say mine's Coolix because I just remember as a kid, like, I had to beat him, and I fucking didn't use a guide. Uh, I just kind of trial and errored it until I figured it out. And I had, like, what I did is I got those, like, well, those booster, like, attack boost things and cans or whatever. And I definitely, like, I remember playing, like, almost getting wiped and Mario, like, barely winning at the end just by using jumps and shit. And it felt really good to beat him. Uh, you know, because it took me so long to kind of figure it out. So that's probably my favorite uh, enemy. Well, he also asks if you have a favorite boss. Do you have like a, a regular enemy oh. that you like? Uh, fuck. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I wasn't prepared for that either. So shit. regular ill enemy. Um... Not really. I don't think there's one that sticks out. My head. That's fair. You don't have to have one. If I if I think of one while we're talking, then yeah, I'll say about it. I don't really have a favorite enemy. Gotcha. All right. Do you have any favorites, Kyle? So from a bias perspective, favorite enemy would be the um, the hidden chest or like H I D O N hidden. Um, there's another, I think Big Box is his name or something like that because it's the easiest to track your jumps on. 100% won't lie, doesn't move at all. It's great. Nice. Um, otherwise, the little um, starfish, those actually I thought were really fluid with the movement they had, um, just animated wise. Um, I think they moved a lot. It was kind of nice to see those. Favorite boss has to be Boyer. Um, locking out one of your abilities throughout the round is just kind of a cool mechanic. It's probably the most strategic challenge of the game, honestly. I get down with that. That's a pretty good pick. Uh, I actually like uh, Johnny fight a lot because a few uh, keep one of his um, minions alive. He doesn't do the one-on-one -on -one duel with uh, Mario, but I liked the one-on-one -on -one duel because I think that's a pretty cool uh, aspect to the fight. I guess a close mention would be uh, like fighting Valentina with Dodo and having Dodo take away somebody and for them to have a one-on-one -on -one duel. Uh, I always like those kind of things where it's like the first time you're going through, it's like, whoa, I was not prepared for this. Yeah, that's unique. What's going on? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, okay, dokie. Uh, well, I guess that finishes the uh, episode today. Uh, did y'all have anything else you wanted to add before I wrap up? Not much. Really, not, I don't think there's much to add. It's a great game. Uh, if you never played it, you should. I mean, I don't think you're listening to this if you haven't played it. But uh, definitely, uh, if your kids are interested, this is the one for sure. 
100% agree. Start anybody on this. Great times, good stuff, um, and nice being on the show again. Yeah, it's always great to have you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, Anytime. Sure. Travis will be disappointed, but whatever. <laughs> People like you more than him, so it's whatever. Yeah, we'll have to put the uh, listener notes, one verse one, see what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, we have a Discord, so uh, hopefully this Discord link in the uh, show notes, show description, whatever the hell it's called, uh, works. You can come join us out uh, and have some random conversations about random shit. Uh, generally good times. Uh, we don't have any emails, so no emails, but you can give us a new one at rpgshow.podcast.gmail.com uh, Feel free to send us any questions you might have if you don't feel like checking out the Discord. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook. Uh, whatever. You probably just search RPG Show. I'm sure we'll, we'll be on there. We do have an Amazon affiliate link. Uh, click that. Spend some money. Nothing extra comes from you. It all comes out of uh, Bezos's pocket. Uh, you can also listen to our friends Blaine and Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. Uh, there's also Kevin uh, and Blaine doing video games, the movie. Uh, do you have anything lined up for that soon, or uh, no plans yet? I need to watch Assassin's Creed. Um, I haven't done that yet, but that's the next one. Okay, okay. I'll watch that. It's okay. Is it? It's a it's a video game movie. <laughs> Well, if you games... play, if you play the games, it's like, what the fuck? This is nothing like the games, but that's every video game movie. So yeah, well, there's video game movies that are like really, really bad, and then there's just like ones that are just, you know, a little bad. It's very rare there's a good one. The Sonic. Yeah, are... I mean, as a movie, it's an okay movie. The Sonic ones are probably the best ones so far. Like they're for kids, of course, but they they do a really good job. Okay, I'll have to check them out. A friend of mine's like always raving about them, and I'm like, eh. I wouldn't say they're like you would like them. They're probably pretty boring for. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for saving me uh, the time then. Yeah, I don't want you to waste your time to like get pissed at me because I told you why. Like it's it's like if you have a kid and you want to keep them occupied for a couple hours, yeah, it's good. But it's like the plot's like you can you know paper thin and you can see it coming a mile. Away. You already know what's gonna happen, so it's one of those type of movies. But like it's, it, it's got action, it's got like jokes and stuff, but it's nothing. It's not deep or anything. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, as always, it's a pleasure having you both on the show with me. Uh, thank you very much for uh, coming and talking with me today and talking about this game we've all played. I had a great time. And uh, as always, uh, thank you all for listening, and I hope everybody uh, has a great day, night, whatever time it is. And until next time, bye everybody. Bye, everyone.